<laughs> well, you know what they say though people people were into feet that's only a u.s thing because over in uk they're into meters oh no. by the way no. <laughs> i want to read that jokes i want to reiterate this uh because i'm stupid with audio Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to getting some, getting some color. We're doing WCW Beach Blast, July 18th, 1993, and Monday Night Raw, July 19, 1993. So I put it on, right? But the microphones weren't on. So we were talking without the microphones. Ah, oh, so you, you, pull, you pulled like the 2022 edition of, hey, yeah, we're recording. Oh, I left the camera lit on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, nice. The, Are you the, proud of me, Dad? <laughs> the thing is, like, thank God I caught this now and not like two hours later. So it's <laughs> happened before. Yes. <laughs> Redo. Yeah. But anyway, I just went on a rant on like how MJF goes through like a trials of tribulation with his opponents. Um some of it's good, but other times I think they should do something different with him. I do not want to see him face at all. I do not want to I don't even know what a face turn looks like for him. Oh, no. I don't think he should ever be face. And outside of the time that they even teased it with that whole promo that he cut, which was just a stellar, like, twisting of the narrative. Because at that point, no one ever even thought he could he could be a face. Like, yeah, I, he doesn't need to be a face. He's, he's a fantastic heel. And I think that it's his thing. Like, it actually serves to his entire motto right i'm better than you and you know it he is like making someone go through hoops and stipulations to get to you is exactly an elitist strategy like that is totally oh i'm better than you like i don't I, i'm not going to you know put myself to your level uh and and fight fair so like i i think it's fine like if there were multiple people always doing it it would be a problem but because it's like specific to him that's fine so that's the way I look at it, at least. Stipulation for double or nothing is that he's fighting for his contract at double or nothing. Yeah. So the the way that this played out was uh, he's going to go through Wardlow's going to go through the whole being whipped ten times. He has to be able to tolerate ten whips. Oh god. Um. That's that's the whole. Actually, this is clever because that's that is actually what he made Wardlow do to co like he and. MJF beat Cody that way, and they referenced Cody. He called him the American roller coaster and said it was his good friend. <laughs> uh, and then he even referenced, like, well, people don't want me talking about that uh, or about 2024. Uh, and then he says, so, well, someone in the back is sweating over that. That was a pretty good, like, line. Uh, just referring to him, like, he's always, like, pushing on Twitter that 2024, when his contract expires, he's going to he's gonna be, like, the hottest free agent. So, uh, I don't know. I'd say that was kind of a little dro nice drop. But um, anyway... He's going to make Wardlow suffer that same fate. And then after, if he does that, then he has to face Sean Spears in a cage match. Um, and MJF is the referee. And Wardlow, like, you know, when he got the news, like, was like, kind of like, oh, well, whatever. I'll, I'll destroy him in a cage match. And then he said, uh, not so fast, big guy. You're 0-2 in cage matches. It's like kind of funny. He's like, yeah, you, you get your ass beat in cage matches because he lost to Cody. Mm -hmm. And and then he lost to it was not really a cage cage it was the you the uh the shoot fight yeah he was the work shoot he was the first loser compared to fucking loser hawk whatever his name was yeah which yeah. I mean it makes sense he was a heater he was to take the like mm -hmm. all that brunt of it but he's he's bigger than that now so that's I don't know it's I, I think the way they're building it is 
is fine. And I, I don't necessarily mind that like AEW actually has a system anyway, where everyone, whether they're directly in a faction or they just have associations with groups of people when they're building certain stories, what they do is they have, you have whatever person perceived as the person being challenged and then the challenger themselves. And that challenger then will face that other person's associates. Like that's actually a pretty straightforward theme in their booking, like across the board. So they're already using that anyway. This is just a way to tie it to be unique to MJF because he's the one that pushes the stipulations. But for instance, like that, that's just been a thing they've, they've been doing. Um, like if, for instance, if you're facing someone from the elite, like you, like if um, the whole Adam Cole, uh, or I guess it's the opposite. When Paige and Cole were feuding previously prior to their actual uh, pay-per-view blow-off, Adam Cole was wrestling people in the Dark Order to like get heat on. He's beating these guys because they're associated with Paige. Mm. And it's not the strongest thing, but like that's that's just a trope they've been using ever since. Like that's day one. Um, but uh, in any case, I I, I mean I, I think that if I could see like oh it gets a little stale here or there. To me, I, I don't necessarily think it's too bad because there weren't a ton of stipulations with Punk like that deviated from it. So it's to me, it's been given enough time. It, to me, it'd be a big problem if like they did it like like repeatedly over and over and over. Um, like let's say they came off right off of like the fresh from the Chris Jericho feud and went to this Wardlow thing and then he made Wardlow go through the same trials that Jericho did. Yeah, that would be way too redundant. Mm. But uh, to me, this is fine. But that's mm. that's teach their own. Yeah, uh, we we all know the outcome. What's going to happen is that Wardlow will get his shot. the The problem is, is will he win at the end? Because remember, Ooh, yeah. Jericho got all the way to the end, and didn't he lose to fucking mm-hmm. Jericho? No, Jericho won. Wait, what? Yeah, Jericho won the pay per view match. He won the blow off match. Oh, he won the 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 build up at the end. Yeah, they did. Yeah, which is actually kind of disappointing. I think it'd been better to put MJF over there. But yeah, they did the dusty finish. MJF won by by cheating, and uh, and they, it was a false finish. Like it happened, but then they called it back, and the ref reversed the decision, and then they fought again, and, and Jericho won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, I I didn't actually like that. I think MJF should have won there, because like Jericho doesn't need to win. Mm-hmm. look good jericho's fine coming out of that but what's great about that is it just shows how how great mjf's character is because even coming out of that he's still like he is he's one of the biggest things out of their company mm-hmm. so uh i know we're, we're talking a lot about this and you guys can have more input on it i wanted to talk i mean we can kind of briefly cover like what matches happen there's one particular match i want to talk about which is really cool what is that? Uh, so opening match was uh, Owen Hart Foundation quarterfinal between Adam Cole, Dax Harwood. So kind of to paint the, the fanboy Mark for perspective, Adam Cole is a Shawn Michaels uh, trainee. He's a Shawn Michaels guy. Dax Harwood is a Bret Hart guy. Like the, those are the camps there. And they definitely pushed on a lot of that. They were, the, the match itself is great. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch uh they there was not any sneaky bs no underhanded stuff like it looks like they're trying to treat the tournament with the perspective of you know what no matter what stance someone has they're just gonna have like like just 
finishes. They're actually going to allow things to finish and not be really sketchy and have distractions and whatever and put themselves in a corner. The way they worked, it was Cole continued to injure and work the midsection and ribs. And Dax has been using the sharpshooter um, to near finish or completely finish matches. So when he when it finally came time for him to try to apply the sharpshooter, he couldn't put all the pressure on and he injured his midsection. Cole was able to counter, uh, kicked him out of the ring. He almost was counted out, but got back in right after nine. But then Adam Cole put him in the sharpshooter. Dax Harwood tapped to the sharpshooter. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. Also, there was like a there was another like really deep cut to how the first time that pulley was ever done. Like Bret Hart, at, like at one point had that same thing where midsection was worked and he couldn't finish a match and he actually collapsed trying to do the sharpshooter because his midsection was injured and ended up losing. And it was like the first match he teamed with his brother Owen, which is like a crazy deep callback. I heard uh, later on from some reviewers uh, earlier today, which is really cool. So lots of like uh, deep uh, Brett references. Also, Cole got the the crowd like really fired up and and angry because uh, at one point Dax was down and he got in the corner and was doing the Shawn Michaels stomp, like Mark tuning up the band. Oh. Got people super pissed over that. Like it it was a really good match, like top to bottom, uh, like easily the highlight of the night. And there were a lot of good highlights, like. The, it was good. Um, let's see. Uh, Punk. Oh, no, prior to us starting the, the show, we, we talked a little about that. Punk uh, came out trying to do some heelish tactics to get some uh, <clears throat> the crowd against him uh, since John Silver was a hometown kid. Uh, face each other. Uh, match was pretty straightforward, but it's still solid match. Uh, Punk goes over. Punk actually beat silver with the buckshot lariat which was a cool take but punk shouldn't be doing that move because he kind of looks sloppy doing it it would have been much better for him to have done the the dead eye instead he had a safer move for him to do it just looked a little like sluggish so uh but that being said uh after the match he and um page had a confrontation uh, and said some words. Punk effectively was like, "No matter what, at the end, we're gonna shake hands, whether you're conscious or not." And put his hands, pin his hand at the shake, Page's hand, and Page flipped him off and walked off. So that was it. Edgy, uh, edgy, yeah. It, it, it was good. I, I do like the whole idea of you know what? These are two guys that can be liked, but don't mind to get ugly because again, they're competing. Yeah. Um, it's not the best take. Like it's again, classic. You know, Heel face is always better, but it's fine. You know what they should do? Because because there's a shoot thing going on right now between CM Punk and fucking Eric, uh, Uncle Eric. Because Uncle Eric is like, hey, they if they want to grab the casual crowd, they need better storytelling. And CM Punk just told him to shut the fuck up. That's carny shit or whatever. Uh, <laughs> just have fucking Eric Bischoff be the manager of Paige. <laughs> They're both like cowboy-esque a little bit. Uh Fucking yeah, Eric Bischoff lives out in what fucking Montana now or Wyoming? Yeah, yeah. The ranch. He's cast off for his his WWE excommunication contract. Just manage fucking yeah. Page and just fucking like talk shit to CM Punk. <laughs> Make fucking Page yeah. Page a fucking heel, I guess, or whatever. They need more faces, though. Like, both companies, the WWE and W... Uh, I almost said WCW. Fucking AEW. 
needs like good face characters. There is none. Oh, I disagree. I just think that at least in a well, again, it's maybe in the the teacups, but uh, the uh, wait, did I actually? I probably should explain that since that was on the time that we were muted. Yeah, teacups. Tony <laughs> Khan official paid shill for who didn't get it. There we are. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh. I think that they try to blur the lines more because, again, they do try to focus more on it being themed around being a competitive sport. You know, where the again, there are there are plot holes with that. Like, but the rankings, again, for the most part, do matter. They they put emphasis on that. They put emphasis on even like allies and, and friends can face each other um, and have great matches. I mean, just the week before this, um, the qualifier that Dax Harwood and, and Cash Wheeler had with each other was great had a bunch of good callbacks in it to uh, Brett versus Owen um, and uh, Brett versus British Bulldog, the, not the SummerSlam match, but the second match. I, I can't remember the, the event or pay-per-view it was, but, um, but anyway, it was a, in your house. Yeah. I think it wasn't in your house. I just remember like the, the subtitle name, but whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I think that because they do that, you can get away with that edge of, well, you know what you can com- you can actually put two faces against each other or two heels together and you'll get the crowd behind them. Because again, at the end of the day, they're competing like, and they're trying to replicate that, that, that competitive sport mentality, kind of like a box, you know, a boxing match or, uh, you know, UFC or MMA type of match. Again, it, it doesn't hold up all the time. Sometimes these things fall flat. Like whenever you go the other route and you're like, Oh, let's make spooky graveyard bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I don't need the ten kids from Hot Topic that also watch AEW to like this because the mm. ma- more most of the people don't actually like it. But you know, let them just be badasses that think that they're running some crazy cult. Whatever, I don't care about that. At that point, just dress them, dress them up as fucking backwoods Kentucky reverends and let them just beat ass. Like it doesn't matter either. They can believe whatever they want as long as they're badass in the ring. But just that would be them. a lot better of a gimmick, honestly. Oh my god, what yeah. if there's a fucking tag team called the Church and State? Like, oh fuck that. Preachers of pain. That's what I want. <laughs> the POP. The Pentecostals of pain. The Pentecostals <laughs> of pain. Uh, oh, man. I uh, Also another qualify, which I was surprised, by the way, that Jeff Hardy went over on Darby. That was a qualifier, right? It, no, that was a quarterfinal. Quarter- the, the, we're, we're, all the qualifiers are done. That was a quarterfinal match. Uh, I was a little surprised, too, but... It was it was a cool way to end, but man, they like they destroyed each other. Holy shit! I went back and watched a couple of the spots. I don't know. It's like maybe there's something I'm not aware of. Does Darby Allen like have like one of those weird like buttons in his hand where he hits the button right before he makes impact and like an invisible shield goes around him? Because <laughs> I don't get how he's walking around. He looks like he dies every time he hits someone. I love, I love it, like when he starts a match and he just like fucking launches his body like a fucking missile, like yeah. I think Jeff, I think like Jeff Hardy probably scouted hopefully what he done, um, but I I feel like when he got hit with that he was like oh, fuck, <laughs> like even yeah. I didn't do this back then. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, and he's like no. in his forties now. I feel like Jeff's held together by like fucking crazy glue at this point. Yeah, for for a for a decent amount of time now, Darby set the bar on what is considered a suicide dive. No one else should be trying to do them. Mm-hmm. Like you, whatever. Like there, it's the only one that looks real. It actually looks like he's trying to kill himself to, to hurt the other person. 
It's like, well, I'll be damned if I die. You're you're just gonna be embarrassed if I killed myself just to hurt you. But uh, <laughs> reckless as fuck. But hey, it's it works. Uh, but uh, the there was one particular spot where Jeff Hardy went for a swanton bomb, and yeah. J- uh, Alan was on the steps that were set up for it, oh, and that no. was the one where he moved and. Jeff Hardy landed, and I mean, we are talking inches. He he was inches from catching the like the actual edge of the steps with with his like neck, like right at his cervical spine. I don't even want to think about what could have happened there. That we could have watched someone die. It actually could have been terrible. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah, it looks rough. It, I, it was bad. I got real nervous because like Sting has been fucking like crazy lately. And I was like, you better not get on that tall ass fucking ladder thing and do something. See, I got a theory. I, I have a theory with that. I think people, I, I think Tony Khan is pumping up stings with like white claws or perhaps blue ribbon. So sometimes <laughs> Sting comes out and he's sober, but then, and he's just dad. And then other times dad comes out and he's had a couple PBRs and he's like, I'm going to learn you something today. <laughs> and he jumps off of something really high and you're like, dad, don't do that. And he's like, just watch, hold my beer. So you get hold my beer sting and that shit happens. And it's like, Oh Jesus. Like that's cool. But at the same time, please don't hurt yourself. They need to take pointers from Randall. You saw the clip of Randall, didn't you? That I put in the chat Yeah, mm-hmm. where he's like far away. He's like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like laying there selling. And then that dude's like, Randy, what are you doing? What's what's wrong? He's like, he looks up. He's like, I want to get landed on. And he just lays herself in that dude. Like, I don't know whoever the fuck dives on everybody. Like, you know, they always do. Like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. let's all gather up like turkeys and catch him. He says, fuck, fuck that. I don't want to get hit by that. I want to catch an, an accidental boot to the face and, and get a, a fucking blowout orbital fracture over something stupid. That It's basically being sold as like a let's do it right before we go to commercial break transition move. And nobody I, I don't blame remember him. it. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? People can say whatever they want about that. I'll I will die on that hill. Randy Orton is one of the smartest wrestlers to ever wrestle. Take it for what it is. Some of his matches might be boring, but for how long he's worked and, and how much he's done, like I he's he's injured. I'd say he's been involved in so few injuries either to himself and he's injured so few people at all. Like he's a very smart worker. Like that's <laughs> Like the only I, time it looked like he injured somebody was that time he like back suplexed the fucking Singh brothers yeah. on the table and he like yeah. walked away and he was like, Ugh. that's fine. Mecha gender deserved it. <laughs> no, that's high T satin to him. We went over that. Phenomenal. Uh, no, he's not tall enough to be high T. Hey, <laughs> I saw that earlier and I was I, like, oh, what, a, what about shark cartilage? Great Kali. But I didn't I go there. Not correlate your level of T. Otherwise, I mean, how do you get like, you know, Wolverine or. He who shall not be named because he's censored from all of wrestling. Um, <laughs> My uncle? What? Now, yeah, your uncle. A... Who went to fought in Iraq. <laughs> there, I, I don't know if we told you, Chaz. There's an inside joke where what, one Veterans Day, like everybody was doing a happy Veterans Day on Facebook, and I put a picture of Chris Benoit when he was like uh, the troops uh, <laughs> thing, and I was like, <laughs> happy Veterans Day, everyone. <laughs> And nobody fucking knew it was Chris, but that guy was a wrestler. Everybody thought it was really his uncle. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, and it took me longer than I want to admit that that he who should not be named is not some random idiot trying to play Voldemort. 
So <laughs> thank you for that. It took me a second to realize that, that you were talking about Benoit. <laughs> yeah. One one time, just and people will be very happy about this. One one day, old dad here is gonna drink enough beer, and we're gonna talk about Chris Benoit, and it's gonna be, for better or for worse, it's probably gonna be one of our more watched episodes. So you guys are gonna enjoy that. But that's that's for future, for for future podcast listeners. That's the, the, uh, the Chris Benoit tribute episode. Sure. Yeah. Or we'll, we'll review the the Dark Side of the Ring episodes. I have an excuse. Or, or review something that he he does, like a or a match or a pay per view that he's involved in. I don't know. We'll we'll go there. But uh, anyway, I, I'm gonna quickly shore up the the AEW stuff. Uh, Dan Housen had his debut, got squashed in 30 seconds, which I think was <laughs> hilarious because it, it's this whole like it's they're doing the Space Jam first half thing. He's like this cartoon character, gets gets dunked on. Uh, Mark Sterling goes out and talks like, oh, he no one deserves to like this internet meme. Hook comes out. Hook got a massive pop. Couldn't even hear his music. His pop was so loud and came out scared Nisa away. And he seems like he's now on good terms with Danhausen. So Hookhausen is going to happen. And they did set the match. Hookhausen is facing Tony Nisa and Mark Sterling uh, for the buy-in for Double or Nothing. Tony so, Nisa, by the uh, way, Long Islander, just so everybody knows. Yes, he is Long Islander. Um, he, uh, the other thing there is, uh, I think this is going to allow Dan Housen to actually like develop confidence and wrestle. So then he's going to show it. That's why I made the, the space jam reference. He's going to drink the sports drink at the halftime show and then come out and, and beat ass and start nailing destroyers and shit. And people are like, what? I just thought he cursed people and ran away. <laughs> um, see uh we talked about the mjf stuff uh won't push on that too much let's see there was uh the women's uh qualifier match that happened last night was uh tony storm uh defeated jb hater um which was fine there, there was one more match i thought oh remember. so oh uh ricky starks defeated uh that's what it was. Ricky Starks defeated uh, Jungle Boy. There was a possible tease in the ring for a second that Christian Cage was going to turn on uh, on Jungle Boy. They've been pushing that hard. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, yeah. Zach. I don't know if you've been following, but like there, there's been interviews where like because they lost the titles and shit, they lost the titles, right? No, no, no. They still have the title. So uh, Jungle Boy lost the qualifier match to uh, I can't remember if it was Adam Cole. No, it was Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, call he him lost a loser. the qualifier <laughs> match, and and they're like talking about it. And he's like in the interview, Jungle Boy's like, "Yeah, he just got the best of me, like whatever." And he's like, uh, "I just don't want to sound like a sore loser, but you know, whatever. I'll get him next time." And and I'm in the middle of his promo, uh, Christian Cage cuts in and goes, "Oh, you don't sound like a sore loser. You just sound like a loser." <laughs> like. And they've been doing that. And he tells him, like, treats him like a little kid. He's like, don't hold your belt down there, although hold it up on your shoulder, where it's supposed to be, like a champion. <laughs> like, like he's been just, like, giving little digs here and there, and it's definitely looking at eventually there's going to be a feud there, which will be really good, I think. It'll be a solid do you, thing. Do um, you think it's going to be a feud between him and Jungle Boy, or do you think Christian Cage is going to bring someone i'm not saying edge because obviously he's with wwe but like do you think he Christian is the fourth member of 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 edges stable oh judgment day judgment day yeah uh, aka house of black but better <laughs> house of black i don't know if i'd say it's better i i mean it's better in the sense that it's a better faction overall but it's definitely not the same as house of black so house of black is strictly worse the the other looks like 
hey, my dad and his friends are, are cosplaying uh, like 90s, 80s and 90s metal in the, in the garage. You want to watch? But uh, it's it still could it's way better. It, okay, I, I'll give you that as an overall thing in a vacuum. It's different enough, but it's totally better than House. Alistair like Black actually fun. looks metal. And then he has the the fat guy with the terrible tattoos, who's just another outlaw <laughs> Bro- indie Brody King. Bad tattoos, <laughs> and then you yeah. got Buddy with no tattoos. <laughs> with no tattoos, <laughs> you got Buddy. Ripped out of fucking marble, and he's just like, "Yeah, and I'm here too." I don't like, know how, but, how that guy fits there. in with that group, though. It just it doesn't feel like he fits. It's weird. Yeah. Well, here's what I want. I want them. I want WWE. It's a total side tangent, but I want WWE to break off and have a faction where they allow the fans to vote on who joins the the faction each like week, and we call it Taboo Tuesday, because apparently we're just naming factions after pay per views. So that's that's what I want. I want Malachi Black to leave and go join Judgment Day because if he was still there, Edge would probably put him in Judgment Day because he really wanted to do something with him, but he left. Champa's going to be on it. Yeah, I hope Champa joins. That'd be kind of cool. I, I I give that like it's actually good because I think he's also setting up to help uh, give the rub to some of these these other stars. But uh, but that being said, uh, as far as Malachi Black goes. I don't want him back in WWE either because I don't think they're going to treat him right. What I would like him to do, I want him to pull a bender. I want him to look at this whole thing and say, ah, screw the whole thing. And he just drop it and just like look at everybody and say, all this voodoo shit, I made it up because I'm crazy. Uh, you guys are dumb. There is no God. And and he just drops everyone. And he just goes on and just starts beating everyone's ass. <laughs> like he was really cool when he debuted because he's kicking the shit out of people. Just let him do that. Or I listen to I listen to black metal and I kick people in the face. That is, that's all you need. It's or, all you need next gimmick. That's kind of all it was. Or there yeah. is, there is no God. And then all of a sudden Miro comes out. He's like, I am the redeemer. <laughs> he's like, I, there is no God. I killed God. <laughs> I killed God. I ate him. And he is yeah. in me now. <laughs> and that's actual canon because the last time he left, he was looking to find God and smite him according to what he was saying before he left. And then he, then only then he would be able to go back to his, his double jointed wife, his his flexible, sexy wife. Yeah, and then Shawn Michaels comes, and Shawn Michaels is like, "I can't have Miro and, and Alistair Black hating on my former tag team partner." And he and God face Miro and Alistair Black, Malachi Black, whatever you call him, but Crunchy any, Black. But anyway, my, my favorite rapper, Christian calls uh, Gangrel, and then faces the fucking dress. Like, Holy <laughs> shit! You realize how many. Like, we went down a fucking turn, guys. We were, like, 10 degrees of separation away from Christian Cage when that... <laughs> we made a full loop. Uh, I do want to talk about this because AEW has a thing where they, like, announce a new signing. They do a Joker. So there's a Joker that's in the Owen Hart um, tournament that's supposed to face mm-hmm. Samoa Joe. Is that happening next week? And who do you think it's going to be? It is. There's actually a Joker for men and women. So men, Samoa Joe is facing the Joker. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be someone new. I actually think it might be Miro. I'd like to see Miro return. But if it is, if we're picking someone new, Cesaro um, maybe. I, I'm gonna go Johnny Gargano. I'm gonna go Cesaro. 
fair. I, I mean, that's that's that was my other one. It's, I was trying to pick something other than the obvious, I guess. Because Cesar is probably the obvious pick. Because if anything, like if you have Miro come back, and then you sign Cesaro, like I think both of them could be a good tag team. I mean, they're. No, I don't. I don't want Cesaro in a tag team. I want Cesaro to just go and just. I actually, I don't even want Malachi Black to do the whole metal and kick people. I just want Cesaro, like, let him just do his own thing, stay in the mid to low card, whatever. Let Cesaro just come in and just dominate everyone because he's, like, pound for pound, like, physical dominance. Because that guy is freakishly strong. Just let him beat everybody because he's stronger than everyone and just win all the belts. Beat everybody. Yeah. Give him the, the, the Bob Holly gimmick. What about the female? Who do you think is going to be female, Joker? You didn't ask me. Uh, oh, yeah, you Zach. You didn't ask me what going to be. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Zach. It's going to be Alex Riley. Okay. Wait. No. For the female? <laughs> no, Alex Riley and men's. Men's. And, and the female. He's going to actually be the Joker in both. <laughs> Alexis Riley. Mm. Is that is uh, female? Oh, go ahead. Is that your pick? For real? I, I don't fucking know, and I don't care. Oh. So I just said Alex. <laughs> like I give a shit. Uh, female, I think it's going to be Athena, also known as that was her her name in the Indies, but that's Ember Moon. And uh, the Joker and the females, for what it's worth, is facing Britt Baker. Uh, huh. So maybe um, I see it. Yeah, I think that's a weird one because, like, I think in both of those cases, like, it's a weird place to not put the Jokers that you have over. Like, I think that you. Like having them debut, it's it's kind of rough, right? Like so, it, I feel like it, they're back themselves into a corner a little bit. Like Britt Baker can afford to lose, like in a fluke roll up type of situation. Like they they can work that out and it'd be fine. But uh, I don't think Samoa Joe should lose right now. I don't either, unless maybe Satnam Singh is the the person. However, there was a specific promo cut by uh, um, Jay Lethal and and. His, his little trio there where they even like specifically said the Joker had nothing to do with them, but they're looking forward to watching whoever he's facing to, to beat his ass. So I, I don't know who that's going to be. I um, hope not. That's, that, that, that would be deflating as hell. <laughs> because Bully like, Ray. See, the, it's, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would actually be fucking great. <laughs> Bully Ray in the aces and eights. Oh, what about big oh, Papa pump? Fun. Scott Steiner. He hates Samoa Joe. The mojo knows. You can't beat me, so he's not even gonna try. <laughs> I I get women every day, nine days a week. <laughs> Why don't you come over here and straddle me? It's like, what are you doing? I'm working off. <laughs> working off. <laughs> oh man! So it's called whenever your 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 other muscles are also sexual organs. Exactly. Yeah. That's what that happens when, you, when you're on the gas, brother. But other than that, anything else? Uh, I was trying to think if there was any other, uh, any other matches that were directly announced. I don't think there were. Uh, for what it's worth, since it's happened all in the time since the uh, last. There's the Forbidden Door pay-per-view that's happening on June 26th in Chicago. Uh, sold out pretty much immediately. Uh, sold out within the, like the, they did like the pre-order stuff and then before general admission was up and sold out all those tickets within an hour and then general admission sold out within like I think another couple of hours. Um, 
So I didn't even have a chance to buy tickets. Although I'm, I'm sure a large portion of those are like the secondary market type of deal. So if I want to go, I can pay for jacked up uh, or ticket at a jacked price. But um, I still haven't decided if I'm going to try to go. But that's that's okay. not for me to talk about on the show. That's for me to decide when I'm off the air. It's a hell of a drive, and you have a tight schedule, so I guess we will see. Um, if the asshole is loose enough, right? <laughs> uh, quick WWE news. Rhea Ripley is part of Judgment Day, and Edge cut his hair. He doesn't have long hair anymore, and he's the yeah. only one that could be blonde. Everybody else yeah. needs to be have black hair. That's right. Mm-hmm. Except Ciampa, because he can be bald. Unless... Uh, I do like this whole, like, I sit in big chairs gimmick. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty cool. He comes out of stage. If he actually wrestles and there's fire and shit, it's fucking cool. What if, like, yeah. what if, like, they made, like, a shoot, like, stable? Like, you join the Judgment Day. Like, if you don't get fucking enough uh, popular points <laughs> in the universe, you get fucking fired. <laughs> Just, like, join my sta- if- stable. You have to win. If you don't win, you get fired immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Judgment day. You get judged. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But anyway, I think it's time to, you know, put our sandals on, put our swimwear on, put whatever fucking orange shit fucking Tony Schiavone puts on his nose. And uh, Jesse Ventura would just not let go the entire I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean, I like where you're going with this, and I like the hype. But I also I like I like giving people blue balls. Are, are we are we really gonna do the epic that is Beach Blast before this Monday Night Raw? Yeah, because it happened yeah. before. Because that's how we experienced it. Yes. Oh, uh, I mean, and that's how somebody would would have experienced it in real life. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not how I experienced it because time travel was a thing. But yeah, that's fair. I was. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to talk about Beach Blast. It was more of a, after we get through that, I'm going to be exhausted. So it's like, what are we going to say about Monday Night Raw? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. I also maybe I am biased because we're gonna we're gonna be near the end of all of, of this episode, and we have to end talking about or near the end we're gonna have to talk about Bastion Booger. So I'm gonna like, I'm gonna I have, have to, to like take a cold shower after. Yes. Uh, but yeah, okay, whatever. It's fine. Let's do the beach blast. But, but yes, it, it, we are going to uh, pre ejaculate before we get to uh, WWF Rock. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> first match, by the way. First match. We have Ron Simmons versus Paul Orndorff. Mr. Wonderful. For the television title. Yes. And. Since you brought up when uh, Jim Cornette talked about his one arm is bigger than the other, I cannot unsee it anymore. Every t- yeah. One arm is bigger than the other, and it's fucking... It, it's it's annoying the shit out of me a little bit. I don't know how the fuck he went that long without getting the fucking surgery to fix it. I, um, it's weird, but like... And then they finally told us what was wrong with him this whole time. He had a groin injury. Mm-hmm. So he he really was injured that whole time. Do you think he was still injured, though? Because this match, like, it was a little sloppy. But then, like, it got a rhythm. Um, It seemed like 
they were doing a lot of ground game and like they weren't communicating really well. I think Paul is better now at this point because you got to remember that everything's taped right now. Uh, but I, I've said it before. I don't think these two guys have very good chemistry together. Their, their styles just don't mesh very good. Like Ron Simmons is like a big explosive powerhouse baby face wrestler kind of right now mm-hmm. and like paul ordorf you think they might mesh well but for sometimes that happens guys don't i like to think um, of styles kind of like weapons like when you're watching the art of like some and it's on some really like pretentious but like sometimes if you're watching like um choreographed sword fights or or like fencing like the weapons have to go together and I agree with you. Like Orndorf is more of like a a fine like sword or knife, and and Ron Simmons is a fucking hammer. Yeah, like they just don't call. Like, so it just fits your. I'm just using like way more words than an analogy to say the same <laughs> thing. But yeah, they like they are. It's just like he's just like he's just far too brash and uh and in your face to to really mesh. It also doesn't help that they still do that stupid finish, but we'll. We'll get there. I, 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 Paul might be just too old and beat up at this point in his career to wrestle somebody like Ron well, you know? That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, Ron's got this explosive, powerful style, and it's kind of hard on, you know, a guy in his 40s who's taking a lot of bumps, and he's got a fucked up arm, and he just got over a groin injury. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, well, and again, like 40 and 93 was like 60. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what people don't get. Like you see all these wrestlers now that are like in their forties and they look great. Hell, Sting is sixty, and who's on this card we're talking about? And thirty years later, still wrestling and doing crazy shit. He didn't even do then, but uh, it's it's a different time. Uh, Power white claw. Power. Yeah, the power white claws. Don't ever underestimate it. If white claw existed back then, maybe Paul Orndorff could have done a little bit more. (laughs) White claw. Why call it Orndorf? Why call it Orndorf? Like, yeah, that 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 has such like my dad could kick your dad's ass like energy. <laughs> like why call Orndorf would beat Ron Simmons' ass any day of the week. <laughs> I want um, I want I, I want to point out I like him when they're on the outside and Paul Orndorf like slams uh, Ron Simmons' head on the monitor. And like Jesse Ventura makes a comment, he's like, he was just showing him something on the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> look over there. Wham. <laughs> um, is they're still doing like the fucking Paula thing with with him, and it's like that got old a long time ago. Yeah, it's, it's lame now. It was like funny for like a month. Well, it's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the fans a little bit because I felt like this was the time where people are like oh maybe we could start hijacking a show because like they would just do random chants here and there like uh whoop there it is whoop there it is and then they would just do like random chants and stuff that were you know it gets over and it when someone sees that it's affecting the wrestler which paul orndorff does that he's like shut up shut up like oh my god i'm a part of this storyline in a sense. So I, I defend yeah. it in that way a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's getting a little old. <laughs> That's how the match started, though. He was yelling at everybody because they were calling Paula. And then and then Ron just fucking attacks him from behind. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Pearl Harbor's him. And I don't know why Jesse Ventura kept saying he submarined him. It's like, that's it's not 
That's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they had nothing to do with submarines. What the fuck? <laughs> I think Jesse, I don't, something was wrong with Jesse that night. He kept saying shit that didn't make any sense. Well, I so I, I can't remember if it happened after this match or if it was before whenever they had the whole opening of he was ready. I'm pretty sure it was like before this all started in the first match. Dude, that was long. Yeah. Yeah, that was long. That bit lasted a bit longer than it needed to. And I'm pretty sure that was not like that, that was not planned. I think that was an actual. He's over there like doing like lines of cocaine and, and drinking with the, those ladies. And uh, and it kind of shows. But it's so funny. Jesse Ventura in this, like, for what it's worth, when he says certain stuff, he's like the cringe uncle that's like, okay, say you, you're old enough. You've hit a certain age, so you can say whatever you want. Just. We're just gonna roll our eyes and go past it. What is not your funny. nose, Shabani? <laughs> he's funny. Oh man, and I love when they like get the look when he has like the skull at ponytail get up. <laughs> like so a lot of times they hide it really well, right? Like they'll like the way they take angles, you can't really see what his haircut's like. Uh, like you see him wearing the hat, or maybe he's not wearing it, but they don't catch that everything. But man, they got some side profiles on him in this this pay per view, and it's great. Yeah, he looked like he was on drugs by the way i think you're right i think you fucking took a line off off of a titty and like like drank some beer behind that uh that bar with that girl oh i'm not i wasn't bullshitting for humor i i like wholeheartedly believe like there was some shit going on there like he seemed like he's having the time of his life because it was awkward Uh, because he was going really slow and shivani's like uh we're doing a job (laughs) like like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're all good broadcasters. I almost died just now. That was great. <laughs> I just love. Sh- sh- I-, I gotta. I gotta be real. Even though, like, it's funny with Shivani and Jesse, but I always, I always like Larry Zabisco and and Tony Shivani because Larry Zabisco is the best color commentary, in my opinion. Um. But Shivani, man, he knows how to have a good time. You could literally put him in a shithole, and he'll, like, commentate it really, really well. Like, oh, they're they're the guy. He's uh, putting the garbage in the bag, in in the can. Woo! And, like, like, he'll have fun with that. He'll try. Yeah. We're talking about everything but the match. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, it just kind of shows where where the match stands. I don't uh, know. Like I think the thing about Shivani, which sometimes it's to his own detriment, but he his emotions, like he his emotions really do affect. Like he wears them on his sleeve. Like they affect how he performs his job. That's such a dumb thing to say, right? Because most people that would be the way it is. But for him, like I don't think he holds it back. But thankfully, he really enjoys what he does, and it's easy to tell. Because most of the time, he does get into what he's doing, and and it's good. But there are some times when you can tell he's flustered and. And WCW again, Nitro is, at the end, yes. <laughs> yeah, like there, there are some dark times coming, right? Like where his his commentary is not very good, and you can tell he is checked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. He is not enjoying himself, and he yeah. does very little to to hide it. Uh, but we're not there yet. These are the good times. But he, he's loving life. But steering back to the match, like even though the it was like back and forth and hits and miss. They commentated it really well, like it was a good battle. <laughs> I'll give them that. It, uh, was, it, it was just okay. Yeah, like I, I'm not even gonna like break it down. I'm just gonna go to the finish because like the the action in between was 
it was good in spots, and then in other spots it, it was not so much. But it wasn't bad. But the finish is weird. The finish is bullshit. It's what it is. It's bullshit, and especially because this fucking shit comes up later on in the show several times. Yeah, Jesse mm-hmm. pointed it out several times, and there's no consistency for this. It's just shit yep. finish. Mm. But uh, it is. It's a sh- it's a very haphazard. Like the, the commentary even tries to like loosely tie it together. Like, oh, if Ron does this, then he could get disqualified. But but you know, like that, you got to be careful. Yeah. So like Ron's trying to do a comeback. I think I think that's when Paul thumbs him in the eye or some shit, and he he sets him up to do a pile driver, and he's like kind of close to the ropes. Uh, and then like Ron reverses it, and he kind of does a backdrop, and it throws Paul outside over the ropes, which that was a disqualification earlier this year for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of stopped doing it for a little while because uh, Bill Watts left. Uh, that was something he fucking put in there, I think. Um, and Just they're like, oh, it's a DQ. Ron got DQ'd. It's over. And it was like, what? Mm-hmm. That kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get, I get it too because it's like, we people some people complain about how like nobody wants to do like a kind of a indecisive or undecisive finish i should say where it looks like somebody got screwed over somebody got counted out or disqualified and now a lot of people think well that's not satisfying you can't do that it's a bullshit finish it's like well that's how they used to extend programs you know Mm -hmm. um that's how they used to sell tickets but this has been going on for a while and it hasn't really gone anywhere and they have another screwy finish again. This isn't the first time this has happened with these guys. It ain't the last uh, either. No, it's not. And that, and that's the kind of the problem overall, right? Like screwy finishes are fine if they're they're used sparingly, but if you just are like shoving them down the the throat of someone, like, and I'm not trying to like use this to go to like what's going on currently, because really when you go back and watch older wrestling, this has been a thing. It's always in wrestling. Yeah, like you said, it's it's used to extend programs, and that's totally fine if it's used the right way. But yeah, you're they have just way extended its shelf life in this feud. Yeah. Um, also, I don't want to forget because there are other matches we're going to get to them. I'm sure we'll talk about the, what our ratings are. But I want to talk about that post match promo, not because I want to talk about Paul Orndorff. I want to talk about the other guy next to him because oh, I can't I wait till we get there. Okay, good because I I have some really can like significant concerns like i know it's it's 30 it's 29 years too late but yeah i have concerns for that guy's health before um before we get we'll get there yeah before we get into when jesse talks to paul there's one thing that i like that paul orndorff does in this at the end of the match like because you got to keep in mind ron simmons has been getting fucked like every time he's had a match about with this there was some stupid stipulation that kind of like makes him kind of goofy a little bit but it's the rules that are more goofier than him um but paul orndra takes the title and starts to chase him and like swing at him and pretty much makes ron simmons look strong because like uh paul orndra like leaves he 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 becomes a chicken shit and then runs away so i like i give props for paul orndra doing it i think that was more of a veteran move like oh let me like make him look good before i leave yeah, he tried to help kind of save face a little bit because I'm sure they thought, that finish kind of fucking sucks. Like, All right, brother, I'll try to help you out at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like I said before, though. Match is okay. 
Uh, they don't have very good chemistry together. Too many screwy finishes. I'd rather see both guys move on to other things. Yes. 6.1 out of 10. Uh, I gave it a 5.9 out of 10. Wow, yeah, we're, we're pretty close. I gave it five and a half. I, I think, uh, Chaz, is, I, I think I would have given it more if not for the finish itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I just had, I couldn't go above what I had because that finish was just like, cock, really? Come on again in this specific feud. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. Next up, Two Cold Scorpio and 1992 WCW Magazine Rookie of the Year, Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus. <laughs> Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. I love. I was, like, I was like, "Fuck these guys again." <laughs> Seen this already. <laughs> <laughs> so I I want to bring up I what I love about the '90s faces. By the way, is that they're so generic, but I like it because of the aesthetic. Because they go, "Woo yeah, woo!" Hey, <laughs> too cold's not generic. No, no, no. Now, too cold. Too- That's actually what's so funny. Is too cold is so like is actually legit like cool. <laughs> fucking Bagwell looks like, like a fucking goon, but like Scorpio is kind of rubbing off on him, so it's like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. And he's dancing in the ring with him. He's white guy dancing when yeah. too cold is just fucking dancing. He's he's too cold, brother. It's a fucking... <laughs> I I actually like when I was watching this match, like in my head, I'm like, I know what too cold. Like at the end, he becomes like more serious and shit as a character. I guarantee you, like in his mind, he's like, man, I was big back in WCW dancing and shit, and now I'm just some <laughs> some black dude that's serious in in WWF. It's kind of generic, you know, yeah. You get down there like that, yeah. Like total total vibe I get from their their tag team partnership. This is like legit, just like badass guy like well known in his neighborhood like nobody fucks with him he's cool and the only thing is his baggage is like he's got this friend like he's had since childhood and the guy's like decent but he's kind of awkward and goofy and he's just like this nerdy white guy but he's like you know what he, he's cool enough and he gets the pass he's allowed to say the n-word and <laughs> And Bagwell is like stoked as hell about that. He's like, I get the pass. Like that's literally how this. Like I get the vibe from this. Maybe maybe yeah. that's a little not PC, but like, like that's that's kind of the vibe I get. It's like this big muscle, muscly dork hanging out with with a guy that's way too cool. Look at my him. black friend. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that. It's like it's like if uh, it's the opposite of what was the dinner for schmucks movie. It's like a bunch of like. Like cool black guys went out and found like the dorkiest white guys they could and brought them to see who found the bigger dork. Instead, and it's Bagwell's it's, like, it's, I'm just happy to be here, guys. I love it here. I'm from Georgia. How y'all doing? This is my white friend, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> or like, he's like, it's like you pick up like a random guy playing basketball and he's like, nah, listen, Whitey can ball. <laughs> He's like goofy as fuck, but he's good at basketball. So he's like, nah, he's got a hell of a three pointer. So all right, he's fine. This is okay. <laughs> um, too cold carried his whole fucking match. I just <laughs> yes. Marcus Marcus Alexander Bagwell was very still 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 very green. So I'll give him that that he's like in the learning stages. But Shanghai Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slazinger is like i don't know what it is they were doing good for like a couple weeks now and then they just would like back to shit maybe they're tired of this 
feud as well. They're kind of inconsistent. It's like sometimes they'll have a good match, and then sometimes they'll have a match that's just like a fucking train wreck or boring. Mm-hmm. And that kind of almost happened in this match. <laughs> it's like they started off doing some cool shit, and they do the all show. You try to shoulder block me down thing, and Marcus can't do it. Shanghai because he's big. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually gets him down. He tags two cold in, and then they do the a double kick, a double super kick, and then they do a, a double face crusher, and that gets the people going. They're like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's like that shit. And then all of a sudden, they try to get fancy. Marcus gets down like he's they're doing the Hardy Boys thing. Like he's gonna jump, and Two Cold's gonna jump off his back, and he fucking almost lands <laughs> on his head on the ramp. That was scary. And then it's like that all that fucked everything up when that happened. It was like everybody froze, didn't know what to do for like a minute. And you could see like the two uh, Tex and Shanghai out there, like oh, uh, and then you start beating them up. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> for some reason, like Too Cold wasn't selling it, and he decided it would be better to just stand up and fucking fight them. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus is standing there on the ropes yelling at them. He's like, he's not trying to help. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird because, like, Too Cold Scorpio was like, I'm just going to fight the both. And, like, Marcus Alexander Bagwell was like, oh, shit, I, get, I better go out there. It took oh, it took really long. Like, it, right when he botched that, uh, uh, I don't know what to call that move, jumping off, you know, like, a step th- body throw or whatever. Step up thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He got like up he, for like a good 30 seconds. He got up. He did this. Did, did you see that? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> maybe, maybe what happened is like he, uh, he like had a premonition, kind of like a fucking Nostradamus flash of his career where it ends up. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't stay there. And he fucked up the, the move. <laughs> he fast forwarded all the way to when he faced Booker T. On that WWE, uh, like the the very first uh, WCW event, and they got booed out of the fucking yeah. stadium. Oh, he's like, oh. he's like, wait, what? And he has no rec- like reference for anything in between. And he's like, oh, what? What? What is this? Yeah, <laughs> I wear top hats now. The fuck? <laughs> so fucking awkward. He he oh. just doesn't look like he's moving in his body. He looks like a fucking creator wrestler. Like <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way possible, but he's so fucking bland looking here. He looks like uh, a bunch of meatballs. Like that's his body. Yeah. He looks like a bunch that's, of meatballs. Are you talking about uh, Jeff Bagwell or Marcus Alexander Bagwell? Like yeah, that's 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 literally just your whole uh, creator wrestler. Like you just jack him up and make like all the proportions like ridiculous. He's too he's too pretty to be a generic creator wrestler though. Like Me, meatballs. He's just, you know how the generic creator wrestler has like they just look real real fucking generic. It's like everything. Oh, sure, else- sure. He, he he looks a little nicer. Like facial features are nicer. Okay, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm comfortable enough to say that about him. That's fair. I do like Probably Eddie right now, like because he goes later when he turns into buff, he gets rid of that with that shitty goatee. He gets the the jawline beard, but the fucking the goatee, yeah, the mm-hmm. ultimate douchebag look, and the big top hat, like he's a juggalo, or whatever the fuck that is. What what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, too cold. <laughs> he tries to get it back. 
And he does like a big ass crossbody and shit in the middle of the ring, but it's kind of like a little too late to get it to come back. <laughs> and they, they work a little bit. And God, they almost fuck up too cold again because Tex hits like a huge backdrop on Scorpio and his legs fucking hit the rope. And like he almost like bladed on his head again, I feel like. <laughs> um, and then they get Marcus in there and they fucking just work him over for a while and get heat, I guess, just like, all right, let's slow down, just fucking try to refocus. <laughs> and then, like, eventually they start busting out some big moves. Like, Shanghai hits a big gut wrench power bomb that is, like, kind of impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two calls saved Marcus again. And they're like, they set it back up. They, they brought it back. So Marcus is going to take all the heat. And then. Finally, tags too cold in. He starts punching, doing fucking crest kicks, thrust kicks, and a big flying splash, two-thirds across the ring. And then Marcus comes in and helps him. And he drops kick Tex out of the ring. And then 450, a cold-ass 450. Dude, for three. I don't know what it is with too cold, but, like, when he leaps off the fucking top, there's, like, some floating device that happens. <laughs> he gets hang time in the, on his air. It's, it's awesome. It looked really like, man, too cold is a fucking star. Like again, what happened? <laughs> I guess WCW I think, happened. Yeah, I, let's talk about it. That's it's sad. I don't know a lot about what really happened to his career, uh, but I'm under the impression he had some problems backstage or some shit. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know that much about it. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I think he's a guy that just didn't take shit from people, yeah, which is fine, and like that's good for him, like, uh, because I, I'd imagine being in his position as as a person of color at that time, like clearly coming up against uh some certain odds, like they're gonna they're gonna use him, uh, in a way that you know is gonna be best suited, but like the he's gonna be limited on the card. And like my my hot take is that not that he should have specifically won the match against uh, Barry Windham, not that, but Two Cold Scorpio deserved to be the first uh, black NWA champion, or like the first, you know, like he he deserved that, like or he, you know he deserved to be uh, released to hold the WCW championship at some point. Like he could have had a run and been there because that man was working his ass off, like pound for pound. I don't know if many other people were working better than him when he had, when it, all engines were firing and uh, yeah, it just makes you wonder what happened. I know that that this is also the same time frame. Like it's pretty close to when they, they have the, uh, the um, match in, Korea, in North Korea. Right. I don't remember what that was called again, um, but the, uh, I know like, here too. Yeah. Well, I remember that at that time there was the, uh, he had some beef with uh oh shit, I can't remember which road warrior went. Uh Hawk? Yeah, I think it was Hawk. I, I think it's who it was, but he had some beef with Hawk and like and they talk about that in the Dark Side of the Ring episode that's about uh that that traveling with Korea, which is wild if you've not watched it. It's pretty crazy to hear like yeah what it was like to go there. It just doesn't sound real. But uh but he talks about some of the stuff that happened there, like some of the beef he had with uh, with Hawk while he was there. And like, I think that might kind of go to show like how much of not even necessarily like that people were wrong, like wrongful to do it, but more so just that 
he pissed a, enough of the the wrong guys off, and then like the rest of the locker room turned against him. Like he he had heat. That's kind of tough. He right? didn't endear himself politically very much. Right. Yeah, he didn't yeah. just like take his lumps. Like he he definitely like stood out and fought back, and you know for better or worse, that can hurt you. He can. Yeah. Um, sad. Started out promising, fell apart for about forty five seconds to a minute. Yep. Got it back together. Decent. Six point two out of ten. I, oh, I, my comments are too cold. Carry this. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell needs to have stronger back. Um, and uh, three, I wrote Shanghai and Tex mixed bag in, in this match. I give it a 5.5 5 out of 10. Oh, okay. You were a little divided. I actually gave this uh, a uh, 6.5. Or six and a half chazzes. Uh but I'm probably riding hard on on uh two cold's shoulders. Like I, I'm not hiding or biased. Or I'm I'm gonna not hide any of the bias that exists. Like I I'm a mark for Scorpio. Oh, I'm gonna tell you I my like bias next fucking match. I'm telling you. <laughs> How dare you hate Lord Steven Regal? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Mr. Fucking America himself, but apparently, yeah. Um, uh, see, after that, Missy High interviews Paul Ordorf with titties. his enforcer. Oh yeah, she has she has jugs too, like huge, um, huge, huge. Uh, and they never named this guy. He's just the equalizer. His, his really good friend is equalizer, whatever the fuck. And I was like, he looks like the butcher's father, like fucking AW. He looks like. I'm really concerned about this this caveman that came out and just did this number where he kept like repeatedly doing that, like with his hands, and but he never like made any. Like, he went to do things, but he never dedicated to any particular movement. So he never actually did like a full snap. He just kept. And I was like, "Is he on bath salts? Like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy?" Like he did do that. He did do the snap once. He yeah, it took it him about eight times to get there. I'm pretty sure he had like an out of the body experience. Yeah, fucking he looked over after they, they interviewed, he's like, Paul, do you smell burnt toast? Why is half your face falling off? <laughs> he was losing his fucking mind. <laughs> and then like fucking Paul's ranting and raving again, which is great. And he said he was the John Wayne of wrestling, which was <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> 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 he wrestles and does everything right down the middle, and Ron should be fine and ran out of WCW. And then Missy Hyatt just kind of takes the mic away from him. And she's like, Yeah, let's let's get back to the show. Yeah, uh, I don't know why my camera's not working, by the way, but let's move on. <laughs> um Lord Steven Regal versus fucking Eric Watts. By 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 God, Eric Watts, he has to have American flags uh to give out to children. But he doesn't he doesn't fucking go near the children. He just throws the fucking flags at people. What is that? Well, he tried to give a flag to one of them and then he took it away from him real fast. Mm-hmm. And then like he kept going down the ramp. He's like, Okay, I'll give it to this one. Maybe he didn't like that kid. Like he thought they were ugly or they were like special needs. And he doesn't like those, those kinds of kids either or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's going somewhere with this, but you guys watch Napoleon dynamite. 
Yes. Yeah, the, he's totally the guy that owns the dojo that wears the American flag pants. What's Kwando? Yeah. Kwando. He's like trying to kick and shit. Like, he's that asshole. He doesn't have as much charisma as him, though. Rex, Rex, uh, I don't remember his last name. I just call him Rex Kwando. He's he's got that real big asshole charisma to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but Eric Watts can't wrestle for shit. He's a fucking terrible wrestler. The fucking crowd was dead, literally no, dead. I'll I'll take up for Eric Watts a little bit. I think mechanically speaking, he's a decent wrestler. He doesn't really fuck anything up. He's pretty smooth. But the problem is he's a giant charisma vacuum. He looks like white fucking bread. And with like a little bit of pubes on the top, like you drop something in like a pile of pubes or something shit, you pick the bread stick back up. That's, that's put, worse than white bread. And you, you put some tights on him, you put a little little tights on it, that's Eric Watts. And, uh, and that's that. it. He has like no physical charisma, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is my question with the with this match, and this actually goes to one of the things about this card. But I mean, I know this is just WCW, and take it take it for what it is. WCW is in a rut at this time, anyway. Yeah, so we'll get back to that. But what the fuck is this match on this card? I don't like. No. Who gives a fuck about that? This is a dark match. Like, it, just saying, like, depending on where you're at in time frame, like, th- this is a match that may not even just make it to TV. I I don't know. I oh, it should have been a Saturday night match. That's what I said after it was over. I'm like, why is this on here? Why is fucking yeah. Eric Watts on D on? I don't on even TV? know if it would deserve that. Like, it, it almost was like a dark match. Uh, like, and that's and I hate saying that because like Regal is awesome right yeah like ah his mannerisms the way he moves is just god he's got his character down so well he's such a prick he doesn't have that cachet yet you know he's not he's not established yet but he's standing next to to the pube bagel as you (laughs) reference like like it's fucking terrible like like I don't care. You could put literally. You could you could go ahead and and have the genetic freak love child of Scott Steiner, uh, fucking Ric Flair, Roman Reigns, uh, John Cena. I could, the list could go on. Put put all the best wrestlers in a vat. Create whatever you want and put them next to a giant pile of shit wearing tights. And it it's still not gonna be good. It's it's at least gonna be well. It happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> it starts the eight hour. Yeah, I. You ever get the vibe you're watching someone, and and it, it's really easy to be like the like on the sideline and be the coach, but you kind of see someone do it, and it's like, oh fuck, I could do that. That's kind of the vibe I get from this guy. Like I know my fat ass couldn't get out in there and do these things, but I watched that and I was like, well shit, I could have done that. I feel like, like I have more physical charisma than Eric Watts. Uh, I feel like I could get out there and get a reaction. Yeah, I, I've got sparse hair. I've got a little bit of a gut. i got man titties, and i got a third nipple, and I've got more physical charisma. Why you could did... be a jobber. You could be like one of those jobbers that stands out. Like You could be like Iron Mike Sharp or Bob Cook on, on WCW TV. I, I want to be fat James Ellsworth, but that's neither here nor there. James Ellsworth. 
minus yeah. the pedophilia. Any, 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 oh yeah, I don't want to go there, but any man with two two hands has a fighting chance. Um, Dub, do you have anything else to say about Eric Watts and his 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 effort against Lord Stephen Regal? Why did it take so long? I don't fucking know. <laughs> the match was seven minutes thirty one seconds. I fucking timed it, and this match should have this match should have been like fucking two minutes. It should have been. To, yeah. Here's a question: Did I have to rank it? I did, but I put it in a, with an asterisk of if I don't have to rank it, I'm not going to. But my ranking's not good. My rank I ranked it. Yeah, because it wasn't a squash match because they fucking wrestled each other the whole time. It was weird. It was like weirdly competitive. Okay, yeah. I'm as angry as fucking Google Meets right now because I can't get my fucking camera to work. What happened was it since you were going to get fucking pissed talking about Eric Watts and just froze your camera. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking pissed. But anyway. Uh, Google went full Tourette's guys. Like, Don't talk shit about Eric Watts. <laughs> that's, that's Google's favorite wrestler, Eric Watts. I gave it a four point seven out of ten. I tried to be like Regal saved this match, but I don't even think Regal could have saved this match. Again, Eric Watts has he knows how to wrestle. Like I'm not even like questioning that. He knows the basic stuff, but like when he does things he shows no emotion when he does it no it's like he's kind of just too busy thinking about what he's about to do Mm -hmm. which is like a problem a lot of guys have nowadays if you if you pay enough attention to like how they're doing stuff Mm -hmm. some guys won't sell or they won't they won't show like emotion or like a facial expression or some shit it's like they're too busy thinking about their next spot and how they need to get ready for it or something or they or they're prepping and they're getting set to like in that choreographed like position like a full second or two before it happens so that it's like very clearly choreographed so then it like it takes you out of the element of oh this is supposed to look like it's real yeah bad yeah i gave this I gave this a very flaccid four chazzes. <laughs> flaccid. Flaccid four chazzes. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I even like okay, I will I will say something about the finish real quick because I thought it was funny. So Eric Watts finally gets the STF on, and then like the referee is kind of in a position where he can't really see. Sir William Dundee is out there and he, he slaps the shit out of Eric Watts and the ref doesn't see it. And then Regal gets up before him in the back of the head, and he fucking rolls him up and holds his. Tights I did forget, but he did. He smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> he did. That was a Bill shoot Bud, smack. You can Bill actually Bud see. Uh, yeah, you can see like this, like as he goes, like you can see the spit just shoot out of his. <laughs> he slapped the shit out of him, <laughs> and they try to sell it on commentary, like, "Oh, I hit him in the ear." I was like, "No, he probably fucking concussed him. He hit him square in the fucking jaw." What are you talking about? <laughs> Like busting an eardrum or some shit with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just made the taste out of his mouth. It was a it was a real bleh match because Eric Watts isn't over. Regal is over. They react to Regal anything he's doing. Yeah, and it's like some people like mistake that shit. Like oh USA. I mean that's just obligatory heat against Regal. Dude, there was, was a British like, flag flying in the in the stands. By the way, I think that was for Bulldog though. Later in the show. Oh okay. You know, because there was a couple guys when they were coming out, when the superpowers were coming out, brother, they were the Union Jacks were flying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shouldn't have been on pay-per-view. I gave it a 4.9 out of 10 because, God damn it, Regal tried. Son of a bitch. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, well, you think this match was bad. Uh, but before we get into the next match, uh, Jesse Ventura... Je Again, this uh, what you were talking about, like, weird stuff. Like, I, this is where I start going, maybe he was acting, uh, like, uh, doing coke in the stage with the girl. Because he's like... Under some kind of influence? Yeah. Like, Shabani, uh, he was like, Shabani, I'm gonna go do an interview, okay? Like, he's, like, asking for permission and shit. That was really weird. Yeah, I thought that was great, too. He also said disrailed later. Like, he's trying to say derailed, and I'm like, I don't think that's a word, brother. I don't think disrailed's a word. <laughs> oh, he was fucking out there. No, he is. He, he, it's totally that, like, uh, when someone's high... Or, or if you've ever been high and you have that inner monologue of, I'm around other people, I have to act normal. But you realize that after that, you just said that out loud in front of a crowd of people. That was that's me this morning. The, that's 100% his vibe. If he's he's thinking in his head, like, oh, I can do this interview. But he just said it out loud. Like, Tony, I'm going to go do this interview. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a side tangent since you brought that up. So every morning, I, I work a stressful job on the phone where I'm constantly being yelled at by taxpayers you don't know what i'm talking about already you already know taxpayers tax man uh anyway so i usually take about two uh edible gummies so that i could calm down <laughs> i was half asleep i took four at, at the same time and Ooh. i i i this i always do it for like 45 minutes before my shift so like i sat down and whoa, I was fucking gone. Like somebody would call me out, like oh, I didn't call. Him. You're like what? <laughs> like, and I was like, uh, hold on a second. I have some problems with my computer. I'll be right back. <laughs> Put them on hold. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I was like fucking Jesse Ventura, Ventura during a uh, beach blast, just without the women though. Um. He's trying to interview Regal, and basically Regal just tells everybody that he was sent from the Queen to come bring back the the TV title to England, and it was it was okay. Uh, Regal's not quite where everybody knows him to be on the mic yet. Yeah, he's, he's figuring it out right now, I think. And he called Ventura Mister Mayor because I think he was the mayor of Minnesota. Honorable Mayor of of was it Minneapolis or some shit? I don't know. Yeah, it has to be or St. Paul or something. <laughs> Uh, um oh go ahead next match right oh, mm -hmm. that's where we're going um we're still doing this like this is still a feud why is max Payne wearing fucking pajamas to the fucking ring he wasn't wearing pajamas he's brother wearing... he's wearing his shorts he was wearing like fucking stars fucking leggings and shit and a really large shirt he's doing He's doing what we were saying he should do, like, a few months ago. Where we were talking about, like, why is he wearing this weird-ass fucking singlet? It's, like, mint green with black, and he looks awful. He just looks like fucking 15 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag. Yeah, but he didn't fix it. <laughs> he, he's like, all right, people don't like the singlet. It looks weird. Well, guess what? I'm putting fucking leggings on and a really big fucking shirt. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's doing what we said, though. He was like, wear a metal T-shirt and some fucking shorts and some... Some knee pads, boots, and he looks better. Come even on, though no, you say he looks like he was in pajamas. Come on, nobody's in the back fucking be like, hey man, I'll fucking fix your wardrobe. Just chill, stop picking stupid shit. 
Cause and then he comes out with this guitar, like he's <laughs> That was shitty by the way. He like he had too much fucking flanger and wah on his guitar and it was just like this it just sounded like bullshit. <laughs> so he comes out, right? He's doing a little guitar thing, fucking taking off all his uh nightwear to get ready for this match. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and then comes out fucking Johnny B. Bad, who's wearing like this shower cap fucking mask. Uh, <laughs> the fuck was that? I was like, why is he wearing a mask? <laughs> there aren't words to describe the fuck he was wearing. Like I tried, I tried to put it together, and all all the times I've done it in my own head, I've I've had I've fantasized a stroke. He took his <laughs> he took his aunt Loa's couch cover turned it into a fucking mask is what it looked like you ever gone to home depot and like you go to the like plants area the outside that 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 that's his fucking johnny b bad's fucking get up <laughs> it's, it's the home garden of fucking home depot what the what was he like he became like floronic man for that fucking match or something i don't know <laughs> oh, they're that... trying to sound like oh he, he fucked his face up when he got hit with the bad blaster when he got jizzed all over by it mm-hmm. and it was like no I mean and then you see up close to his face he's like no he just looks stupid it just looks like he's wearing a dumb fucking mask oh my god dude like yeah. right when I saw these two people enter the rig I was like oh my god this is on paper we're in the middle of this fucking pay per view like everything after this gets better, but like <laughs> maybe that maybe that was booked right. Maybe this was supposed to be shit, and they're just like, "Hey guys, you're just gonna go out there and look like fucking uh, uh, I don't know a, a flamingo fighting a fucking child uh, with a guitar, <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> you're gonna have a match where Max Payne tries to fucking sit on your arm and break it. Uh, I don't know." Th- this match was all over the place. Max yeah. Max Payne, dude, he he got ruined after that one match with, with Dustin. Fucked him up. Fucked him up big time. It, it totally der- disrailed his momentum, as Jesse <laughs> would say. Uh, he never could quite recover after that, and it sucks because he's kind of talented in the ring for like a dude his size. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't got a whole lot to say about the match. He's doing some pretty decent moves, snap suplex and shit. Mark Marrow's, like, athletic. He's a very athletic guy, but I also noticed, like, this has happened multiple times. Something screwy always happens with the finish with him in all of his matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and then something else happened here where it's like the guys in the truck got fucked up and they, they got discombobulated and didn't realize that they were supposed to be in a certain camera cut. He's like, I think he drop kicks Payne outside. He goofily, he drop kicks him and he, he goofily sells it. Like it's a delayed reaction and he fucking fumbles out of the ring. Like <laughs> yeah. He did the Batista thing. Remember when Mark Henry had a Batista and fucking flew all the way across the ring. <laughs> Oh, it was ridiculous, but um, and then he's like selling out there on the floor, and all of a sudden you see, you, I almost called him Mark Marrow because you did it. I'm just gonna say it anyway. Mark Marrow fucking landed on him, 
<laughs> all you see just bam he's like on him it's like what what happened he dived but nobody fucking got the memo hey cut back brother you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um they fight outside and throw each other in the post and he throws he throws drive me the post and then max Payne punches the post and then they get in the ring and something happens and <laughs> Bad perched on the top rope, and then he loses his balance and fucking he's like, oh shit. He jumps up on the second rope and he hits like a really shitty crossbody for three, and that that's it. Mm-hmm. But listen, they said this was a grudge match. I'm like, this is the this is the grudge match? They're like, this is how it ends. A shitty crossbody. <laughs> I the only grudge I have is that I the grudge that I see is the grudge I have with them putting this on a pay-per-view this was fucking awful mm-hmm. another thing that shouldn't have been on, on pay-per-view no yeah uh what do y'all give it <laughs> i give it a four out of ten because pj is in fucking home depot fucking garden where and it was yeah. just an okay like again this should be on saturday night or whatever wcw network tv than the pay-per-view my opinion Four out of ten. This shouldn't have even existed. This is a indie bullshit. It's terrible. I gave it three and a half chazzes. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I, I I was not into it. I wouldn't say I hated it. Like it was bad. Hate is hate's a strong word. It's bad. Like, okay. Love, yeah. love is a strong word too. So like like hate would be like if I give it a two or a dud or something like that. Now I'm, I'm three and a half just means it's solidly terrible. It's solidly a bad thing. It's kind of like but... when you ask for a Gatorade, like uh, you, you either get the white Gatorade or the, the lemon Gatorade or the blue Gatorade, but you really want the blue Gatorade, but you get the orange uh, Gatorade, and you're just like, oh, it's okay. Everything's fine. You know, I don't hate it, but it's drinkable. Sorry. That's how I, 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 that's how I, I feel know, about I Gatorade. Oh, I don't know if it's... Oh, yeah, actually, you have very specific opinions about Gatorade. I feel like this is that I'm dehydrated and I need Gatorade, and someone gives me a flat Dr. Pepper, and I'm like, the fuck is this? Oh, my this? God, that war crime. Oh, Get against the wall. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they give you, it's worse. They give you a big red. It's like nothing but pure fucking sugar. You're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, side, side tangent to that, I'm just curious if either of you ever heard of it. Have either of you have ever heard of the drink Ski? No. I've heard of ski, but I've never had it. I don't know. Like so, in yeah. the great the great local community of Jackson, Ohio, near near where uh, I reside, uh, is this this wondrous drink called ski. I'm pretty sure it's a it's a combination of the recipe that was used to make Mountain Dew, methamphetamines, and just whatever the water that's a, like a tributary of the Ohio in Jackson County, and like it is. It's just toxic sewage. I'm pretty sure I drank it, and then my my stomach, like as it was passing through my body, glowed in the dark. Holy shit! It's it's Hulk piss. It's straight up Hulk piss. Um, got rad poisoning from is what you're saying. Yeah, and it's supposed to be Mountain Dew, but it's oh boy, it's something so much more. Okay, I'll make sure not to drink it. Oh no, you should. You need to experience it once. It's it's like taking acid. Like you need to do it once. So you should drink ski. If you've never had acid, you should do acid and then drink ski. Oh, so I should, I should do. I should go on a ski trip, is what you're saying. <laughs> ski trip. 
<laughs> fucking top tier dad joke. Oh, that's great. All right, let's at least probably talk about wrestling. Um, I gave us a four point seven out of ten because it was it was not very good, but like, I've seen fucking worse excuses for wrestling matches before. So you being so nice. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Jesse keeps picking on Tony's sunscreen shit on his nose. Mm-hmm. And they show us this really sweet animated Comic Sans font graphic letting us know it's World Tag Team Titles time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had that shit all over his nose. <laughs> oh, man, it looks, it, it looks like he, he, he dipped his nose uh, just just in some hot ass. He <laughs> said it was like zinc coating. He, he, so you said he dipped his nose in Ty Conti's ass? Is that what you're, is that what you're fucking saying? Yeah, it, it looks like he tried to, to eat out fucking Qbert. no like it doesn't like so to be fair like zinc oxide is normally like really white like just naturally it's a it's got a white color to it it's like what the diaper cream paste and stuff is made of so they put food coloring in it yeah they they clearly like put i don't know what they put fucking flaming hot or cheeto dust or some shit in it it looks awful (laughs) yeah Arn Anderson and Paul Roma against the Hollywood Blondes for the tag team titles. Blondes are still champs right now. Um, so the Four Horsemen um has new merch and looks ugly. No, one of those shirts was fucking sweet. So it showed somebody in the crowd that had it. Mm-hmm. There was like a horse and it looked like a, a fucking like I don't know like a some kind of a Crusader cross or some shit. It was I don't black. Look, it looked almost like a metal shirt. I was, I did, that looks fucking cool. I I didn't like the white shirt. I think if it had like a darker color, it would look better. Paul Roma's tights had a cool Pegasus on it. Mm. That was like the coolest thing about him, though. Paul Paul Roma's huge. He's huge, but he also has no charisma. Yes. He's like <laughs> he's like if Eric Watts had fucking muscles. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I mean, that's pretty valid, I think, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's my my hot take because I don't know how people feel, but apparently, it sounds like you guys agree with me. Paul Roman did not deserve to be in the Four Horsemen. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he's one of those washouts. Oh, here, here's a here's a quick one. Among the among the horsemen that rotated through, is he is he the worst? I'm trying to think of who else was in there. Uh, Wyndham, uh, Luger. Uh, you know, Luger, Benoit. Um, Benoit. I think for a, a hot second there, like before all this happened, were uh, were uh, Pillman or Austin ever involved in Horsemen? No, I don't no, think. I think, I think it was more just yeah. I can't remember if one or the other were were involved. I know we had the feud here after, but it's this before this time. But um, Mongo. The only other one I can think of that might like fit to that, but I don't know. There's something about Mongo like he can't wrestle; he's green as shit. But he's got, to me, he's got charisma, so I liked Mongo. Well, Mongo's got scads of charisma. He's he's amazing. Right? Okay, cool. <laughs> We're on the same page then. We're totally on the same wavelength because I feel like he gets a lot of shit. I'm like, no, nah, man, you gotta you gotta appreciate him for what he is. Like, okay, I, so here here's everybody else that was in the Four Horsemen, real quick. Okay, Luger, Barry Windham, Sting. From eighty nine to ninety. Oh yeah, before he got betrayed, he like the temporary alliance or whatever. Yeah, Sid Vicious, Paul Roma, 
Brian Pillman wasn't the horseman, 95 to 96. It was later. Okay, that's what it is. We haven't gotten there yet. All right. Yeah, Benoit, Mongo, Kurt Hennig for like a month. <laughs> uh, Dean Malenko and Jeff Jarrett. The fuck? He was on, it, just, it just says 97, so maybe it was like for a day and they betrayed him because, you know, that's back when Jeff Jarrett had that amazing hair. And it just made you want to beat his ass when he had that hair, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> made men jealous. And he, he, he showed up some women with, like, how v- voluminous voluminous and luxurious his hair was. I'm just saying. <laughs> You'll see. He should have been the one to face Edge and Booker T. Triple threat match for that Japanese shampoo commercial. He was slap notes, Jared, at that point. No, he, he already cut his hair off. It's too late. <laughs> um, too late. What do you guys got to say about this match? I love the Hollywood Blondes as heels. Uh, yes. They work the crowd really well. They fucking people hate the shit out of them. And that's what I like about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Fucking. I always like how Stunning Steve and, and Flying Brian, they always, like, get their ass kicked, like, majority of a fucking match. Then, like, they'll capitalize. Uh, and, like, I brought up uh, before the show, I think, uh, with the lady in the red shirt, like, she caught Flying Brian, like, putting something in his trunks. And, like, for seven straight minutes, like, she was yelling at the referee, like, check his trunks. Check his trunks. Check his... And, like, her kids were starting to get into it, like, yelling. Uh, And then there was a part where Flying Brian's fucking ass cheek was hanging out, and it was never fixed. He never fixed his trunks back. He (laughs) left that... He let it hang out the whole time. And the the, uh, the lady's kids were, like, laughing that his ass was hanging out. Um... He also got uh, homophobic heat by, by kissing Austin on the head because he got punched in the face and he wanted to make him feel better. That was great. Yes. In Biloxi, Mississippi, by the way. <laughs> yeah. God bless the citizens of Biloxi, Mississippi for like getting worked into a shoot like three times over. <laughs> I mean, that's deep south, man. That's that's where it, it was still real live, damn it, for the most part. Like you could have probably sold that these matches had like real like world like wide political ramifications. Yeah. Why do you think the superpowers <laughs> are fighting the masters of the power bomb? It's like they're <laughs> fighting Iran and fucking China or some shit. <laughs> That's like what they think. Yeah. It's fucking the, the Gulf war is going to end or be determined based on that match. <laughs> yeah. I, this is going to be a dumb take. I always forget this too. And I think it's just because I spent so much of my time watching Austin wrestle in WWF instead I think it's so easy to forget Steve Austin's a big motherfucker mm-hmm. yeah. he's a big guy it's it's so easy to forget that or lose it because you know in WWF like he just looks average because he's around these guys that are super jacked and don't get me wrong Pete their guys are big in WCW but it's not just like his actual build like he's just tall like he's a big guy I think it's easy to forget that. Uh, yeah, that's I just before stood out in this match. You know? That's true. That's, that's that's also true. Like that that matters. But yeah, like he it really stands out. I, I don't know. I, I think this like, but um, which probably doesn't help. He's like anytime anyone's in the ring with with 
motherfucker, Art Anderson, which I love Art Anderson. Like, he is, like, the embodiment of, like, a Jack Dwarf. <laughs> he's, just, like, he's just so angry, like, all the time. He just has a grouchy disposition. But it's just like, yep, that's him. That's who I want in my corner. He's built like a rock, and he hits like one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He hit that spine buster, man. It was crazy. Spine on the pine. Yeah. I, I didn't have to talk about that. We already talked about spine busters. It's nobody does it like Arn. Yeah. I, and he also did a fucking DDT that was fucking cool, too. He hit that DDT. Oh, oh that, that, yeah, that DDT was sick. It was a drop DDT. Mm hmm. And, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like the part. Like, they even mentioned on commentary, like, Arn Anderson literally has Steve Austin, like, dead to rights. Like, all he needs to do is pin him. I think this was pretty much after the DDT. Uh, and then, like, he tags in fucking Paul Roma to get the pin. Like, gotta do the work, kid. And, like, Jesse Ventura brought that up. Like, he's making the kid do the pin. If he wants the titles, go get it, kid. And uh, I'm like, yeah, was that part of, like, booking in a way? Because that's pretty lame. <laughs> like, why have Paul Roma go for the pin? Just get the pin... And win the belts. <laughs> but I know that, like, you have to have the Hollywood Blondes over. Yeah. I think some of this match suffered a little bit, too, because I don't think Paul Rome is over. Uh, I'm just thinking to it, he's not over. He's not, because it's like when they, he was getting, at first, the match, I think, was structured to where he was going to get a lot of the heat on him. And because they were beating his ass for a while. And it got, like, no reaction. Like, even though they were doing stuff to piss piss everybody off, it was like all that kind of just got played out over the course of them beating his ass, and they lost their heat. And then it's like Arn got in there, kind of brought him back a little bit, and then they had to switch and let and they had to put heat on Arn. They cared about if he got his ass kicked. In all fairness, <laughs> I think the one thing that hurt this match is that it followed back to back like stinkers of matches. Took it took the crowd out of it, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you can actually see if you go back and watch throughout it, there there are like a significant number of people that are getting up throughout the match to like just go do whatever, like go take a piss, get, get food, like whatever they're doing, they're they're leaving. So like that already shows you like people are just completely disinterested. They're like, ah, Paul Roman's getting his ass beat. I don't care about this. I'm leaving. Paul like, Roman did. The, Paul Roman also did like the most bizarre backslide I've ever seen. <laughs> he like had Pillman, and he's you know how they do the backslide and they, the, they get the arms back behind him and mm-hmm. uh, kind of muscle him over. But it was like when Roma did it, it was like he thought he needed to like bend him over and put all the weight on his own neck to put him in a backslide. And I was like, Are you, are you trying to paralyze yourself to get the pinfall? I don't understand. Like, I will try to get this win. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I don't got a whole lot else to say because it was like everybody else besides Paul Roba did fine, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think the match was just structured kind of weird, and they had to like on the fly. I feel like make a decision to try to get people back into it. I would have uh, ended this match in a DQ, in my opinion. I also think it went a little too long. Yeah, well, it was twenty six oh, min- minutes and fourteen sec. Uh, twenty six minutes and fourteen seconds. 
I would have had this match go 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Me. This this match had so much fat to be trimmed. <laughs> uh, the finish was uh weird. It was a little weird. Uh, I think. Hang on. No, it wasn't weird. I was thinking of a, another weird finish. There's a couple weird finishes tonight. Yeah, I think it's worth noting too. If again, I'm, I'm doing the time travel thing. I'm looking ahead, but this is pretty close to whenever they just abruptly break up Brian and Steve, right? They it's were coming close to that. Yeah, yeah, and part of it has to actually do with historically. I guess they blamed Steve and, and Brian for the poor sales of the night or yeah, the, the champions when they faced uh Flair and Anderson. Yeah. They, they blamed them because the, the, uh, the uh, vibes were low and I'm looking here on cage match and it looks like beach blast, but also relative, like they use like that relative stance of like one being the average for buy rate at the time or whatever. And the buy rate on this this pay per view was 0.5. It did not sell well. No, um, it did. Clash was uh, that's a free TV event, but it got low rating. That that's what it was. It was low ratings, not buys. Yeah, yeah. So they they blame their low ratings on that, but this had low buys. I think like they're they're starting to get some like some of this shit like smear like kind of pointed at them and un like. I don't think it's really justified because I think they're great. It's just there's other things. Clearly, there are other things about this card that uh, you could look at and say, well, th- these are things that probably didn't need to be there. Um, and it, it's kind of kind of a bummer because they are great together. If anything, they help salvage a lot of this between that and then, again, I mean, Arns works great. So, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll give my, my, my take first. I, I gave this a solid just – six chances because i think that there are still things about a lot of it had to do with the fact that the match just went too long but like it was fine i enjoyed enough of it i really enjoyed the the crowd work um but uh it, it could have been better it, it went far too long i give it a 6.6 out of 10 i agree it was too long uh i like that the hollywood blondes recognize the crowd was kind of dead and that's why they kept on doing the outside a little bit i think where they were just doing the kiss they were making sure that like they were throwing bodies on top of the barricades to like kind of wake up the crowd a little bit and it did a little bit but then it just fell flat i don't like arn anderson and paul roma as tag team uh team they have no chemistry no, you need you need a guy with Arn who can kind of. I'm not saying Arn doesn't have a big big personality to him necessarily, but you need another guy there that has more personality than him. Mm. I think to help get a reaction. So, like you remember when him and Flair teamed up? Yeah, yeah I mean it's Ric Flair, but goddamn, it's like right there. That's a great team. Mm-hmm. You need somebody else that has some kind of goddamn charisma with with Arn Anderson, and I think it would get a better reaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's one thing. I think it's one thing for someone else to just have like their own charisma. Like they need to at least be able to carry their own weight. Like yeah. Arn, Arn Anderson, for what his work is going to be, cannot carry someone else's charisma, especially if they're a vacuum of charisma. Yeah, he's he's not. He doesn't have that type of of personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I agree. 
what was the finish? Uh, Roma rolled up Austin. The ref was distracted with Arn, and then Pillman clotheslined the shit out of Roma, and then Austin rolled him up and held his tights for three. Uh huh. Yep. It was good. Uh, blondes were great. Arn did a decent job. I've seen him do better. I I don't know if I feel, kind of feel like Arn was a little checked out of this match. I think. Hmm. Uh, Seems like he it. doesn't. He I feel like he didn't do as good as he usually would. Uh, already talked about Roma. It could never really get into the next gear. I felt like, like it felt like it was gonna. It's building. It's building up right. It never really did. Uh, I gave it six point five out of ten uh, for the effort. All right, quick, quick sidebar. If, if if Eric Watts and Paul Roma are Pokemon, Eric Watts evolves into Paul Roma. So what does Paul Roma evolve into? What what is the final evolution of the Charisma Vacuum? Fantasio. <laughs> Alakazam. Is that Fantasio? Is that the was that the the, the magician? That's the magician. <laughs> like wrestled one time and made the guy's pants fall off. So that's all you would, right? It's, it's, it's the guy, right? Now that that's Dan Housen's father. Okay, Dad, Dad Housen. Dad Housen. It has to be. <laughs> oh, we're having a good time. That's what matters. Oh. Uncle Eric's back with Missy Hyatt. They're talking about the 30-minute Iron Man ma- match challenge, and then Missy Hyatt thinks, two guys going for 30 minutes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Eric's like, all right, that's enough of this shit. <laughs> Go back. And, yeah, it's Rick Rude, Dustin Rhodes for 30 minutes for the United States Championship. And Rick Rude's music is back. They didn't do the stupid bullshit music. They did the good music. Yeah. And fucking man, Rick Rude. I love his selling so much. It. Oh my god. It's so hilarious. I've got a whole tangent about his selling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, he's got. I. It's worth. It's worth pointing out. He's got some of the best gear in wrestling ever. Uh huh. Like his tights, he he was like one of the first guys that did like the airbrush tights with like the crazy shit all over it, and it's like every time he's got like a different pair of tights, and it's like just something. I'm cool. Here's a brick wall. There's Terminator shit there where my legs are, and then there's a kiss on my ass, and there's like uh I don't know. There's a a picture of Dustin, and he looks fucking stupid or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's just everything. Everything's right there. You need to know. The story is on his pants. Um, what do you guys say, Chaz? You got anything to say about this? Oh, I I really enjoyed this match. I mean, I, again, it, it is what it is in terms of being the Iron Man match. Uh, as as far as details, but I, I think they work really well together. Rick Rude's selling is just man. It's I, again, it's it's hard to find. Like looking back and thinking through, like I I I would say I could probably only count on one, maybe two hands, the number of other wrestlers that sell better than Rick. And a lot of the the guys that I would probably name in that probably learn from him. Like they're inspired by him. Like I yeah I I enjoyed a lot of the the match overall. Um, there I will say there were a couple of times just where I don't know if it was a chemistry thing. I think this actually comes back to, to Dustin. I mentioned it with Steve. It's the obvious thing, but, but Dustin Rhodes is a big guy. Like he's really tall. 
and yeah. uh, that makes some spots a little more awkward in some cases. Like that's even seen today. Like uh, I remember watching on AEW a match he had when he wrestled with uh, uh, Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. and like trying like watching Danielson try to like do some some of like the transitions to like one submission to the next, which is harder because he's so much taller than him. I, I think like that that caused there to be just a little bit of awkwardness in some of the uh, the setups they had in this match. But I mean, I, I, not that they were obvious or like it was, it was terrible. It was very minor things, but um, I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I do feel like the, they went a, a good long while before the very first fall happened. Um, but at the same time, like that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, it kind of, I, I guess for me, like it, it was predictable once that happened, kind of what they were going for. They were going to go for the, oh, he's going to make the comeback and get the one to even it up. Can he get the other? And then it'd be a draw. I kind of, like, to me, it was, it felt somewhat expected, but maybe that's me being a mark. I, I don't know. Dubs, what you got to say, brother? Oh, I loved uh, fucking Rude Awakening. Uh, when he hits it, dude, yeah. it looked like it snapped Dustin in half. I was like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, is he alive?" <laughs> because the way I swear it... to God, that move could still be a finish today. It's just nobody does it like that anymore. Nobody does the shoulder neck breaker thing. Well, that's everybody just falls to the mat. Well, that's the thing. They always do like these, like in today when they hit the DDT or their super kick. Like sometimes the super kick gets hit really like on the nose on people's head, but like moves that you would think that would be finishers back then when like old school wrestlers hit it, they put a little oomph into it. Like look at Jake, the snake, when he hits his DDT, it looks like it hurts. Barry, when he, when he hits his DDT, he looks like he lifts like a pedigree between his armpit. Uh, (laughs) and then he hits the DDT. Like you, you, you gotta make it look special. Um, if you're just doing a regular DDT, um, I think you're kind of selling short the actual finisher when that happens. Uh, and when the Rude Awakening, which is a neck breaker, you got to make it look like it breaks neck. Even though we all know if you break someone's neck, they're dead. But at least someone is trying. <laughs> I, I think if somebody busted it out and they're like, I'm going to do a Rude Awakening and the finisher, like the proper way you do it. Because I don't see anybody do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would get a reaction because you'd see somebody's head fucking snap off of it, like how it's supposed to be. It's like, oh shit! They'd be like, oh, and then they pin him, and then they they would teach them immediately. Holy shit! That moves a finisher. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fair. Dust, yeah. Dustin in his match is really good. He, he uh, sold his ass off. He, he sold his ass <laughs> off, and I'm with Chaz like. He's a really big dude. Like, if you're seeing this really big dude, like, fucking fly, like he's, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a really, The Flash. I just, for some strange reason, I thought uh, Urza Miller. Ezra Miller on the brain. Yeah. So, like, you have Dustin. I enact my Fourth Amendment right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch my Nerf gun. Don't touch my Nerf gun. (laughs) I need the Flash ring. It's very important to me. But, uh, yeah, he's like a big dude just running around and shit. And, again, when Rick Root sells, that's what I like about him. Like, he's all about the business. 
uh and when you hit a move and you know it hurts real life he puts the extra the extra rude cell in there to make this is what I like about rude selling. This is what I was going to get at is like people who study Rick rude for like how to sell, how to portray like a heel persona in the ring. Cause he does it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like when he's on offense or when he has the advantage, he's like this, he's real nasty. He's mean and he's really aggressive and shit. And he'll showboat. But then when he gets hit, it's like, he turns into a little bitch. He just crumbles. Like when he gets suit, when, when I forgot what the first move Dustin did to him was. I think it was like a a backdrop or something. Mm-hmm. And when Rude hits the mat, he's like, "Oh!" Like he got, like, it's like he got shot and he like can't get up. It's like he's spasming and shit. I like when he's doing the gyrate thing and his ribs hurt. <laughs> that always gets like a great reaction when he's been in the match for a little while. He does the hip swivel and he goes, "Oh!" It's <laughs> like gets like a little heat for that. <laughs> No, no atomic drop. Unfortunately, there was no inverted or regular atomic drop in this match. I was upset. I was literally visibly shaken. Um, I needed to go in my safe room and uh, have it hot chocolate, and because there was no atomic drop, and I was. Uh, you need to go to Rick Root Atomic Drops on Twitter and like make up for it. Yeah, like all of them. <laughs> but um, solid match, dude. Um, and I like that yeah. they're still like uh, booking this really long. Like <laughs> we still don't know have a winner, and it, it's built up really great because like now it's a draw. <laughs> it was okay. See, mm-hmm. they they did a weird finish right this time because it was like they've been building this match for a while and they they've kind of faked this out mm-hmm. uh, over the TV where it's like fuck I want to see this match I want to see these guys have this match. And we finally saw it, and it was for 30 minutes uninterrupted. So it was like they made up for all that, that shit where they cock-teased us a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was good. I really liked this. Um, There's all kinds of co- cool callback spots in the match, too. Like, where I think Dustin got, like, a – he got advantage for a little while, and then he started putting Rick Rude in a camel clutch, which is usually a move that he does. Then Rick Rude gets camel clutch later. He's like, how do you like it, boy? How do you like it now? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there it is. And Dustin sell the camel clutch like death. Like, he's screaming. His fucking mouth's covered up and shit. He's like, you can hear him struggling to breathe in there. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was cool. That was a good uh, camera shot. Uh, then, what else did they do? Oh, they did a bunch of cool shit. I don't even know if I should. I can't even break it down. It'd just take too long. <laughs> There's, yeah. I, I did like the ending specifically how they went for the Dustin's got it, but it it's just out of time. Like if he had that two extra seconds, he would have he would have maybe gotten away with a win. Also liked uh, when Rude went off turnbuckle. He did this a couple times in the match, and he just he just hits like a fucking punch to like the back of Dustin's head or some shit. <laughs> the last time he did it, like no, this is the second last time he did it. He just yells. You ain't shit, Rhodes. <laughs> and Tony's like, "Well, that's the pitfalls of live TV, folks." <laughs> I I love that too. That's another part that makes his selling even better because he talks mad shit and he's yelling like it's great. You don't get that as much anymore. Like there's a very small number of wrestlers that are like aware of their own character and are actively adding to that. 
Yeah. Inner vocal. Most of them are like trying to like talk quietly because they're calling spots, right? Like that's the whole thing. They're trying to like call spots in between. But you know, a great wrestler is able to like be the ring general and get those spots in between and communicate, but also still keep like the the illusion up and yell shit and cover I love it. That. Uh, oh, I do yeah. too. I I think um at least modern day one of the better ones for that is Kevin Owens. Kevin, Kevin Owens. Owens will talk mad shit to people while he's wrestling them and cover up the fact that he's actually helping set up the next spot. You like, see his, Mark, you see his Mark brother Henry Ken. got good at that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, oh no, I was just making a joke about Kevin Owens because they're like they're doing the whole Ezekiel thing, and he's like, "No, you're fucking." Uh, what's the other guy's name again? The first, the uh, the beard. Uh, Elias. Elias. He's like, no, you're Elias, and now Kevin Owens just put a wig on, and now he's his brother Ken. Ken <laughs> yeah, Owens. I'm Kim. I'm I'm Kenneth Owens. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it is so dumb. Oh <laughs> man. Would you? Um, would you give this match? I gave this a. Uh, I give it a seven point seven out of ten. Oh. Chaz, it was very good. Chaz, what about you? Yeah, I was. We're we're almost spot on. I gave it seven and uh, three quarter Chaz's. So, yeah, it's good. It was almost great. It was, it was really good. I gave it a little higher score. I I enjoyed this match. Uh, Rick Rude and Dustin have been putting on good shows, uh, and I gave this an eight point four out of ten. Ooh, yes, nice. You were high on that, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in the next match. Um, because it was kind of like a, you know, like you always wanted to fuck this chick and, and then like, you can't get hard anymore. That's how I felt about this match. I was not hard at all. I was well, a totally different analogy, but it, it's spot on too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it matches that exact sentiment. Like on you want paper. to go to a steakhouse. It's like you hear about a steakhouse that you want to go to, and you finally go, or like a burger at, a, at a, like a local restaurant, and you want to eat it because there's all this hype on it, and then you yeah. eat it, and it's like, ah, it's only okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how on it... paper, this, this should have been an amazing match, and I think at some point earlier in both these guys' careers, they did have an amazing match. I think it was in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. I want to say 88 or something. Uh, but... Yeah, this is Ric Flair, Barry Wood for the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. And Barry came out, and he was clean shaven. And I was like, "Man, Barry should not shave at this weight." Yep, he just looks awful. <laughs> yeah, for what it's worth, too, it's also like the expectation is so high for what this match could be. Like the bar is set because of what the prestige of each each person that's that's involved. So I think that's part of it too. It's like this is clearly better than most things on this card, but yeah. but at the same time. It's like, well, you expect it to still be like it should just be in a different tier, but it it didn't it just didn't meet that expectation. So, yeah, or at least that's or us already summarizing our evaluation of the match. But uh, continue on. It's our 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 details in in the match. I don't know what it was about this match. Like they were fine. I think just age is finally catching up now with those two. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think in Flair's case, no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. He's still doing all the crazy shit he always did. And he's still capable of having a great match right now. And we know because we've seen it. 
Mm-hmm. Remember, we see we saw him wrestle Mr. Perfect on Raw, and so far that's like the best match we've seen on Raw by like a, a lot. Still, it was recently. I mean, yeah, you can argue. I mean, a decade later, Ric Flair's still having like pretty good matches. You could argue some matches he had ten years after this were better than this match. Good, you totally Undertaker and Ric Flair at WrestleMania eighteen. God damn, it was fun. <laughs> underrated match, by the way. Since we're just talking about that, that is an underrated match for the card that that's on. Yeah. Um, yeah. like they did good stuff in this match. You know, they had good back and forth exchanges, and all the blows and shit were were real snug. The chops. Barry was hitting some awesome clotheslines in this match. He hit like a flying clothesline. Like I don't know what it is, but when Barry and it's not like you know the Undertaker one where he flips. Mm-hmm. Barry does a flying clothesline where he just like leaps at you from like a run and just levels you, and it just it sounds awful and it looks good, stiff as hell. Yeah, and Flair's probably like, yeah, brother, do it because Flair will take anything. I mean, he let Ronnie Garvin slap the fucking shit out of his chest to the point where he had to put like <laughs> he had to put like antibiotic ointment on his chest because he was bleeding so much after <laughs> that fucking match. Um. This is another one where it's like, I don't know if it's worth breaking down because there's a lot of stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the ending was, I think the ending killed it, in my opinion. The ending did kill it. It fell flat. And I think, like I said in the chat, I think it confused the people in the arena. It did. There was, there was a total mismatch in what happened with that, that finish. It took me by surprise, too, because it's like, you know... I watch this stuff and I'll kind of take notes and then sometimes I'll glance away for a minute to make sure I'm not typing gibberish or something. And then I, I heard the bell ring and I was like, what the fuck? He was saying he had him in the figure four. And I, yeah, it was like he did. You know how the thing that happened was he put Barry in the figure four and you know how sometimes the ref will check the shoulders because he's laying down flat in the mat and he'll start to count and they have to get up and be like, ah, and when he gets up, it hurts his knees. That's mm-hmm. that's how it's supposed to work. Well, apparently Barry laid down too long because he's trying to reach the ropes and he got counted for three. Yeah. That's that's what's weird about it. It's not like he's been in it for a super long time and it's agonizing. It's like he's yeah. actively doing something and ignoring the ref, just counting him out. And it's like, uh, like it's a really stupid mistake. So it almost makes you wonder, like, was it just like a, was it just thrown together and they were running out of time or was it a botch? Like, I don't know. It it looks really awkward. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder. Like, like I kind of want to like go back and see if I can like find some information about this match. Like maybe Flair said something about it, or Barry did. I don't think Barry's done a lot of shoot interviews. I'm not real sure, but uh, like I thought it was curious for for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, top props to the superplex in this match. That, that Flair took for Barry and he sold it like he lost a fucking limb. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of goddamn people hitting superplexes and they don't sell it or some shit, they roll over and try to get a pin. Mm. <laughs> Flair was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Flair did one of his Flair cells where he just like drops to the ground face first. The Flair flop, he did the old turnbuckle spot. He did it twice too. The first time, he went, flew over the turnbuckle, just flew out to the fucking floor. Mm-hmm. The second time he did it, he did the, the the shit where he runs across the apron to the other opposite turnbuckle. And he tries to do like the crossbody. <laughs> uh, 
Also, props to the loud-ass chops he was hitting. There was a shot of some woman in the front row when he hit one of those chops. It was probably the loudest one he did. She flinched, like visibly flinched at the sound. <laughs> I was like, that was a good camera shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than it was good. Uh, it just had a weird finish that kind of made it fall flat. Yeah. I think that's what hurts it because I was like content. I was like, "Oh, this is great," but then at the end, it's just like, and the way the referee like tells it to the crowd too, because he's like still pointing and stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. then he finally says like, "Ring the bell," and then says he's the winner, and people are just like, "Oh, okay, Ric Flair won." Woo! Yeah, and I think that him to win, <laughs> and, and I I think that's why they had an interview. By the way. Because, you know, he, he had his line at the end where he's like, woo! <laughs> what do you rate it? Uh, 7.8 out of 10. What's Chaz? What's the Chaz's? I, I gave this a uh, seven and a quarter Chaz's. And that's still, I mean, it's a little more critical. That The ending was just really weird and flat for me. I think yeah. the point is that is still a good rating, but given the the people that are in the ring and the caliber you expect, this is a, this is deliver under delivering for sure. Minimum, this should be an eight, and it's not. Therefore, it's a disappointment. I gave it a seven out of ten. All right. Yeah, it's still good. Just fell fell short. Yeah. Ric Flair pumps up the crowd. He gives respect to Barry Windham. And then he's like, it's time for styling, profiling, woo. I love how he was like, I love how he was barely winded after that match. (laughs) He wasn't really breathing all that hard. He really wasn't, but then like they get close up and I'm like looking at his teeth and I'm like, dear God, it's like looking into like the jaws of death. We're all up in, like that that camera close up was like all up in his mouth. (laughs) Oh man, but title change, 10 time. Champion. Ten time. Ten time. And now, I- this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what the whole program is built around. Mm-hmm. The Masters of Powerball versus the Superpowers. Oh, man. This was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one thing we can agree on. Vader. Absolutely. We've agreed on a lot of it, honestly, but this was a blast. A beach blast. <laughs> yes. Vader was uh, pumped coming to the ring. Uh, Vader's always pumped. Sid Vicious was like, uh, like, just standing there walking, and like Vader's like, "Give me a high five. Who's the man?" <laughs> I feel like Vader and Sid were like those two bullies, like they're Bulk and Skull, except a Skull was like a foot or two taller than Bulk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's them as adults. Like that's that's what they turned into. It's like, some uh, old and like on one episode, instead of being caught by putties and being in trouble, they they found anabolic steroids. Yeah, it's like imagine <laughs> Skull was from imagine Skull was like two feet taller and was from Arkansas, and he was an asshole and loved to play softball. It <laughs> <laughs> threw that in there, didn't you? I had to. It was like it's weird how serious Sid is about softball, and that's and you could argue that's why he never got as big as he could have. <laughs> I mean, literally, he like blew off fucking events to go play softball. So he did that to WCW too. He'd be like, "No, I've got a softball game I gotta get to." It's like, 
what the fuck? You could be like, you could be like the guy. And like, he never really was the guy because of that. So is Colonel Parker supposed to be like uh fucking Goldar and fucking Harley Race is fucking uh, Lord Zed or something? Yeah, Harley Race is Lord Zed. Uh, uh, Colonel Robert Parker is Rita Repulsa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. like, Make them grow! <laughs> Make, Make them grow! Oh. There it is. Make the Macarola. Oh. <laughs> Elvis, get in. I need to call Elvis. <laughs> How are you calling Elvis? He's dead. Okay, the Macarola. In the corner, you got fucking cracked out Davy Boy Smith going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> or I guess, oh, oi, 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 because that would be the equivalent in, in British. Yeah. Sorry, I'm taking deep cuts with my, my, my reference. Oi, 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 oi. Don't do drugs, kids. No, do uh, drugs. It gives you personality. <laughs> you don't want charisma. Be more like Paul Roma. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he did the steroids and didn't find the pers- the persona underneath like Scott did. <laughs> okay, so, so Sid Stig starts out. I can't fucking talk now because I'm thinking about that. <laughs> Sid shoves Stig. Stig gets mad. Stig takes him down starts punching the shit out of Sid. The crowd just goes ape shit for that. Just mm-hmm. punching. <laughs> and then Sid gets mad. He goes for a backdrop. But the Sting says, nah, brother. And he hits a face crusher. And then he hits another one. And everybody's like, yeah. And then Sid gets up and grabs Sting by the throat. Choke slams the fuck out of him. It was great. <laughs> Big choke slam. Sid's got Sid is not known for his choke slams. I think people are sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's a big dude. Like he's he's like doing this like choke slam kind of thing, and it's like against another big dude. I don't know how to describe it because he does it differently from everybody else. It's like imagine he grabs you by your throat with one hand and he lifts you with that one hand. He doesn't do the shit where he grabs your back. He it's like he your just, arm over and picks you up, like almost like a, you, like a yeah. He just heaves you up in the air with that one arm, just drives you down the fucking mat. And it looks nasty. Oh yeah, it does. So many people actually, yeah. Their choke slam is really almost like a variant, like Iranagi. Yeah, right. Kind of. Like it's kind of really what it is. Like instead of getting like the full like arm forearm like around the neck, they just grab and then but then get the arm up and then do it. Versus like like you said, yeah, he just straight up grabs you and we keep saying that thing oh yeah he's a big guy like the difference here is uh like steve austin and dustin rhodes for what's worth we were referencing like they're big guys because like deceptively big because like they they're just bigger than the average guy that would be there or whatever but mm-hmm. sid vish is a fucking monster he is massive I mean, he's. he's like, I mean, there's a reason why he's with Vader right now in this this group. Like, he is fucking huge. Sid's legitimately a giant wrestler, you could argue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was yeah. six. He was like six seven, right? Six seven or six eight, I think. Yeah. I think they built him as six ten, but he's probably what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. His, until his leg falls apart. We'll go there. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) All because they told him. Do you know the story behind that? It's bullshit. It is, but it is such a bullshit story. But it's the whole. (laughs) They tell him that uh, something about like they they, he was too generic and that he needed to do some more risky moves and they wanted him to do some aerial stuff to make make it stand out. Say on the sin pay per view. It's when he goes for the infamous 
Uh, <laughs> he jumps off the second rope, right? For that kick through the boot, and he just blows his fucking leg out. God, I, I can hear it. We're talking about it, and I can hear the fucking snap. It's like it's a gross. fucking gun going off. It's awful. It's so gross to see. Yeah. Poor dude. <laughs> I know. It's it's rough. <laughs> uh, after that, though, it's like, God, I don't want to. I can spend forever talking about this match and what I like about it, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'll tell you my big pops in the moment. Uh, yeah, so let's do that. Let's do that. There, there's a part where, well, one, number fucking one, a fucking moonsault from fucking Vader. Pop. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> number two, fucking uh, Sid Vicious and Sting are fighting on a ramp. And then, like, out of nowhere, Sting just comes flying over the top ropes. I love that. I want to <laughs> give props to, like, the, the camera crew and the, the, the truck guys because they set that shot up specifically for that. Somebody came up mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. they, they set it where it's like right down the frame where you can see him running and he takes off and sprints for it. What's it's funny like, too. Ca- is oh, oh go man. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's like it catches Vader doing the moonsault. You see him hit Davy Boy, and then yeah, in the background, it's like a foreground foreground background thing. Mm-hmm. You see, you see Sting body slam and Sid on the ramp, and then when he covers him after Vader hits the moonsault, immediately it's like Sting is like rushing down the ramp. And he dives over and hits him and breaks the cover up. I was like, that was fucking great. Like, just putting that together. Yeah. What's really cool is I actually think this adds to the spot even more. I Like, I liked it more because it had a flaw. Like, Sting doesn't completely clear the rope. He actually mm-hmm. clips his leg on it, but still breaks up the pin. But it adds to, like, the realistic desperation of, I got to get in there. Like, I will literally throw caution to the wind to get there and break this up. We can't lose. So I actually like that more than if he just cleanly jumped over it and like, oh look at me, I had a spot in a dive. I'm a I'm a monkey. Like I actually liked it more because of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt it felt better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my favorite spot of the entire match for what it's worth. That's but but yeah, we, yeah. When Vader easy when, when Vader goes full, I'm gonna go fucking kill you mode is when he takes off his mask and starts punching people. I love that. Beating the <laughs> shit out of people. <laughs> And, and Jesse like makes fun of Vader, like look at that pretty face. <laughs> Vader's not known for his, his cosmetic appearance. Mm. <laughs> but what what's your uh guy's favorite part or what what was there was nothing bad about this match. Like there was no, no there was no part where I was like, Oh, this is taking too long because something was happening. I wanted more of it. I, I I can't wait to hear what you guys read. I, I mean, I already gave my favorite away. I, I really enjoyed the the spot uh, that we we discussed there with the the jump. Uh, just because again the desperation. Also, it's just kind of hilarious. Like Davy was getting his ass beat by Vader, and Sting just Sting and Vicious are up at the the top there, just like and they are just like like punching the shit out of each other. Like it's in the background. You're just watching two separate ass kickings in like two different scopes. And and you can see them together. both. You can see them both taking place at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's 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 really cool. Um, what were my big pops? Uh, the choke slam. I'm I'm self-professed. I have a soft spot for Sid. Uh, and Bulldog gets Vader up for the stalling suplex. I was like, what the fuck? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he held him for like a few seconds. I thought. Okay, he's gonna hold for two seconds and they're gonna drop. No, 
He held no. him about as long as he usually does. Like, God damn, Davy Boy strong. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's that fucking PCP strength, man. And fucking do meth. Whew. <laughs> PCP and steroids. Um, what the hell of a drug, man. Yeah. Blows uh, your heart out, though. Rip. The, the Vader elbow drop to the nether regions. Oh, my God. God damn it. That was brutal. He sold it like it was. That made me squirm a little, actually. It's like, I didn't want to talk about that because oh, it looked rough. Vader's known to be, like, kind of stiff. Uh, I'm wondering how much of that he really felt. <laughs> how much of that can he hold back on a guy that big? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Uh, the, of course, the, uh, um, the moonsault. The Asiatic nerve hold that Sid breaks out. He broke. He broke out the Asiatic nerve hold. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby Heenan. <laughs> and the crowd, the crowd was rumbling for it because uh, they they knew what that meant. That can kill a man. Uh, <laughs> 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 he was selling it like that. Uh, also, props to when. Um, Vader hit the Vader bomb on Davy Boy, and he sold it like he was being tasered. Yes, <laughs> just like oh god, god. Like, mm-hmm. damn. Wait, wait until we get to the next show where someone fucking spazzed out after a leg drop. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh, when Sting finally was able to come in and and do the the comeback, and everybody went ape shit. That was great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, that was, yeah, I was a, I was, that was a good comeback. Hot tag. And it's like, Sting is just over shit right now in that company. It's, it, you can tell, because when pe- somebody just says Sting, it's like, it doesn't matter where it is. Somebody just says Sting's name. Everybody goes, oh, Sting. Like, they start freaking out. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have, he, I think he literally could have just, like, stood up on the top rope, pulled his dick out, and just pissed in the crowd, and they would have loved it. And, like, send their mouths open, like, hit me, Sting, I want some of your power. Yeah, <laughs> everyone loves it. Everybody wants to be a little stinger. That's how you get initiated. Oh, I was. Yeah. I was one hundred percent a little stinger at this point. I, so you I took the R. Kelly. You took the R. Kelly treatment, is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> I would. I would have drank Stang juice when I was a kid. Stang oh my god, <laughs> my god, dude. Fuck it. Hold on. <laughs> Not in a non-sexual way. Like in a, you get his powers. <laughs> What was like, uh it's like a spider bite but just more sexual. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Spider-Man but more sexual basically. <laughs> because urine's involved. I mean as sexual as that can get. We're going down what? a really weird path here. I, I like what? Sting, okay? It's nothing more than I, that. I don't I mean you said Sting was your father, so I mean Yeah, yeah, probably. Is it is Sting or Bon Jovi? That's what I was told when I was a kid. What was Who your knows? big spots that you liked in this match, or was that pretty much all of them? Nah, we covered like we hit everything. I again, I I could have just kept watching this. This could have kept, went on for another hour. I'd have been happy. Oh, finish. Uh, Vader Bulldog are on their feet after a bunch of shit happens, and then Bulldog runs past Vader. Like Vader was gonna go for like a clothesline, but then Davy Boy jumps up and does a crucifix, and it stalls for a minute. It almost makes you think Vader's just gonna Samoa drop him or something. Mm-hmm. Nope, he actually gets him over and he gets three and everybody loses it. I was like, yeah, that was a good finish. Yeah, that's a good tie back too. Like they, they use that to their advantage a lot for Vader. 
Vader has one very clear weakness for all of his great feats and strengths. He got that weird like Kool-Aid weakness, like the Kool-Aid man. He's like very that top heavy wick. If you get him down to that certain type of pin where you flip him or crucifix him, it's pretty easy to keep him down. But it kind of makes sense. Like it's there's like some like logical sense to that because he's such a big guy. Yeah. Like that's the that's the tie over they use like whenever he like his classic match with Flair when it's like the title's on the line and Flair's gonna retire or, or leave if if he if he loses right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the, I, I can't remember again. I, I remember for time frame where that is in this all too. I think that's already happened right. The Flair the Flair Vader title match. No, it's the end of this uh, year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, it is this year. I couldn't remember if it was '92 or '93, but yeah, like the same thing. Like, it's they're gonna tie that in because that's that's how he wins. He gets like the triple. It's almost like comical though in that match, but we'll we'll get to that later. But spoiling it. I but, can't believe uh, the promos between Ric Flair oh, and fucking oh, Vader. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, this was prime. Like, this is like this is li- literally me getting into wrestling as a child. Like this is what I these are my first memories. I was, I'm really excited about this. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and give my rating. I and I'm high on it. Nostalgia is a son of a bitch. I I gave this eight and three quarter chazzes. Oh. I was <laughs> real high on it, but I I'm I'm like I'm like I'm just like Davy Boy, high on on my DCP. drugs of nostalgia. Yeah, I'm on my meth. Oi oi oi. Dubs, what'd you score? Eight point seven out of ten. Uh, Damn, I could have watched. Yeah. I could have yeah. watched this match, done five gummies, and probably drink a whole bottle of Robitussin, and still fucking be awake for this match. <laughs> pretty, pretty ringing endorsement. <laughs> so you're saying like I, I attempt to overdose, <laughs> but I still like, watch. Fucking this so match. You're saying at, at the time, this was like methamphetamines through like the cathode ray tube back when this aired what i'm trying to say is i'm like uma thurman uh from uh pulp fiction i'm like dead on the ground but like this matches my adrenaline that gets stabbed in my heart and i fucking wake the fuck up there you go i did it i did it i give this a 7.9 out of 10 very fun match. Had a lot of fun with it. And I, I could have seen more. And I guess that was like my only thing was like, man, if it's, I wanted like five more minutes maybe or something. If my voice travels through time somehow, like through a portal and gets to whoever was running WCW, please cancel the Max Payne, Johnny B. Bad match. Cancel Lord Steven Regal and Eric Watts. Uh, I'll keep the other two. Uh, you get rid of those two matches and you put more time on the main event. Now go change it. Time, fucking butterfly effect. Do it. Get uh, get yeah. Ashton Kutcher to die like a thousand times to make this happen. Yeah, he can he can bleed for that. I agree. Cut the two matches. Cut ten minutes off the the tag match. Give me give me a half hour more of the this this tag match. Yeah. So what was your all's overall thoughts about the Beach Blast? I would have, I guess, you know, it shows my hand on, you know, what I wanted. I wanted those matches cut. Uh, and I think if they would have cut this match where it was like literally the second half of the show, I think it would have been a solid pay-per-view. Uh, but since we got half shit and then, you know, it started getting better on the other half, I gave it a 7.3 out of 10. 
Yeah, I mean the same thing. I, I I'll stick to the the internet meme. They had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like for the first half of this pay per view was just kind of like eh, like too cold. His poor shoulders. That 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 <laughs> man. That Adonis of men just trying to hold things up. But yeah, the rest and and Lord Regal too, of course. But just yeah, it was kind of crap. But then we powered through it. Listening to Shivani and uh, Jesse. With his his uncle cringe, and then this last half just got better and better and better. And I I can almost forgive the entire the pay per view because of how much fun that tag team match was at the end. So I I gave it uh, seven and a quarter chazzes. So we're we're pretty spot on it as far as like where we we sit on things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh oh, real quick, I wanted to say uh there was a little bit after the match where Vader was mad and he was throwing chairs and he scared mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He got romantic. Like, he like kind of like brushed against him or something. Like yeah, yeah. And he's like oh, oh and he like got really scared. And they're like oh, Vader's pissed. He's real mad. And he's like he didn't beat me. He's like yelling and shit. Yeah, forgot that. Yeah, that's worth bringing up. Uh, and then Tony told us about Fall Brawl in September, which will have war games in it. War games. So that's cool. We 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 have war games soon. War games. Sorry. Okay. There were uh uh let's see. This is I wanted to note this is the second and last Beach Blast pay per view. Yeah. Yep. I heard Steamboat and fucking uh oh, what was the other guy's name? Fuck. Rick Rude. They they had an Iron Man match with that one. And I was like, what the fuck? I want to see that. Yeah, me too. And then there was Sting and Cactus Jack and a Falls Count Anywhere. I was like, mm. I want to see those matches. <laughs> uh I give this a six point five out of ten. Hey, uh, we're in the ballpark, all of us. Yeah, yeah. like the the first half of the pay per view just dragged it down, and there was some disappointing. There were some matches that didn't really measure up like how you thought they would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, it, it's funny. Like if I would have averaged out my actual scores, I think I'd be I would be much closer to what you scored. But again, I'm, I'm willing to admit nostalgia is a, a son of a bitch. And I, I'm willing to forgive the the turds of the past for the <laughs> for the main event that was so great. Yeah, like it's uh, and I I don't just do a straight average. I will I, I do have some wiggle in there. Mm-hmm, uh, sure, it's just it wasn't strong enough to to wiggle me much. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on the the Beach Blast '93. Yes, yeah. so but still. Uh, Still, WCW is kind of shaky. Um, you can tell the product is... They need to fix things, and I think they kind of plugged the holes a little bit with uh, Ric Flair as the champion now. Um, Ho- Hollywood Blondes for a couple months, maybe. Uh, Sting is still fucking over. He's literally their Hulk Hogan, if, yeah. you, if you think about it. Um, two cold Scorpio, like I said, I think is a star. You have Regal, who's getting there. Eric Watts needs to go. I don't care. Um, Paul Orndorff. Uh, I I like him as the champion, but I wanted to see Ron Simmons win. Yeah, but uh, it, it's a little shaky, but I guess uh. We'll see because WWF is going to get a little shaky when we get into occup- occupations and shit. 
So oh, the, the job era. Mm-hmm. The job era. And we're not talking about jobbers. No. Yeah. Talk about yanking teeth. I can't and, ra- and race cars and, and, and cowboys and the goon. Um fuck. The fucking, the fucking <laughs> goon. Duke the dumpster droze. <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, oh, T.L. Hopper, the plumber, too, is another one. Yeah, T.L. Hopper, yeah. God damn. You ready? All right, Monday Night Raw, July 19th. Yes. 1993. Uh, they show a little uh, thing about Lex Luger being American, and uh, he's a patriotic figure for the children, for children. Uh, and Lex Luger just looks lost. He's <laughs> While well, he's being America, pretty much like... Now I'm now I'm pace guys and I'm proud to be an American freedoms constitution the Bible and <laughs> I'm just naming him patriotic shit but anyway like he he'll say that and just the stuff that he wears where like the big American pants <laughs> the American flag the, the American flag Zubas pants he, and shit. he's he, he's pulling the fucking Rex Quando mm-hmm. that's that's literally the Rex Quando pants. But the Lex Express is here, baby. We're in Lex Express time. Yeah. That bu- yeah, about that. <laughs> Dude, the bus is awesome. But, like, I wonder what they did with that bus after this was over. It's uh, the Nightmare Express. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We said it was the Nightmare Express. You know, I heard that um, the parking garage in Stanford, like where the office is, uh, they have like this massive parking garage or some shit, and apparently they s- vehicles that they used in like angles and shit or whatever were just left in that parking garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there was like a, a Sergeant Slaughter's fucking Hummer or whatever the fuck it was there, and it just had flat tires and shit. It just sat it sat in the garage for years. Uh, <laughs> I also th- I think they brought it back for the DX angle. Remember when they were invading WCW and the tank? Yeah, and it still mm-hmm. sat there after that. <laughs> but it makes me wonder if they just put the bus in the fucking parking garage. <laughs> um, first match because it was advertised last Raw that Marty Jannetty will be facing Shawn Michaels for the title again. for the title again. Again, uh, and Shawn Michael comes out with the uh, Diesel, his fucking uh, insurance, pretty much. Uh, what was fucking Marty wearing, by the way? Was he getting ready for like a gym competition? He was wearing the nineties. Yeah, he was. He was wearing them. He was representing it. I, I liked it. I dug the the peak nineties. 90- Peak early '90s aesthetic tights. <laughs> the only way that those tights could have been better is if you did the uh, the squiggle like uh, like on the side of the, the Dixie cup or whatever. The, the, the oh blue, yeah, the like Saved by the Bell. The... Yeah, but he went for the black and the neon, which is also cool. Yeah, it's can't hate it. It's, yeah, all he needed was like a a prismatic dolphin or something flying out of the water. In a, behind a, in front of the moon or something. Like, Zach, he's a wrestler. He's not a, a fucking Lisa Frank binder. You need to chill out. He may as well be. He has no fucking personality. 
may as well like, have personality. He killed well try to... bowling alleys for trying to molest him. He, tra- he killed a guy one time, god damn it. <laughs> all right so I, I like this match uh i was like it's weird because like the wrestlemania match was like kind of eh uh-huh. for like what you expected uh another match that kind of falls short of expectations but it's like even in the wwf at this time period that weird wrestlemania match won't be good but the follow-ups will be better match uh rule seems to apply here mm-hmm. <laughs> Where That's it's like totally every, a rule, not the exception. Every other match they've had since then, because they've they they fought each other two more times after that. I think this is the second. It was better. Yeah, Marty was good against Doink. That was a good match. The best two out of three. Um, yeah. And then Marty was put into the Marty's being pushed <laughs> in on Raw a lot. He's being, he's being pushed until he blows it again because of the drugs. Yes. Uh, but Marty was doing a lot of like a clothesline, fat, fast off the ropes kind of thing. Like Sean was like confused, and <laughs> not not in a bad way. Like he's a bad wrestler, but like playing he was the... supposed to be confused. Yes, and yeah, yeah. intentional. And like, oh. what leads to the the swerve to the crowd a little bit? Like when Marty gets the the pin. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And then it goes to like commercial break. It's like, no, no, uh, we uh, Heenan showed the referee the video, and it's restarted. I love that. He's like, why are you guys mad at me? I, I couldn't just let that happen. I had to stand up for the rules. And... <laughs> oh yeah, and then Montrose like, yeah. So what if, what if it happened the other way around? Well, like, well uh, I, I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> He's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. He's called him out. He's like, oh, yeah, you got me. Yeah, I would have said shit. <laughs> Sean won. This was a good match, though. There's a lot of sequences between the two guys where there was a lot of there was a lot of counter wrestling. They were countering each other's moves and figuring each each other's maneuvers out. They know each other. And yeah, then, I mean. The- the chemistry's clearly there because they've worked together. Um, I thought it was good. There was a lot of good little near falls. Um, I had the finish was a little flat. Like, it wasn't bad. It's just it, it felt a, a little flat because of it was just that whole he jumped over the rope and then while the ref's distracted, instead of him just laying there to be counted out, Diesel just throws him back in and he just a pin. It's like, that's a little anticlimactic for all the stuff with the false finish and everything. I, I thought that was a little weird, but it, it was it was a little bit, but I'll forgive it because it was. It, it, it gets over the fact that these these dives fucking hurt, and he, he got he missed and crashed and burned bad. It looked like yeah, it was yeah. like a car crash. That, yeah, and it's also after like a twenty minute match, and that, and I kind of like forgive it for that because of exactly that. Like they just had a long, exhausting match, and like it realistically makes sense that someone could completely like miss on on a dive or something like that and then be counted out anyway right yeah uh-huh like, yeah so I, I i like i saw it and I, it felt weird but then looking at the scope of things i forgave it like okay well it makes sense it's just it does feel a little flat compared to i guess what i'm what you would be used to or what you would see but that's also because we're in the era of spot monkey yeah we're this is a different time when th- things they tried to make things in the ring at least 
make more sense. Oh, dear God, this is apples and goddamn oranges compared to fucking Darby <laughs> Allen jumping off a, uh, a fucking ladder set up in the ring outside to the, the fucking row of death chairs. <laughs> that just looks totally different. It's like, yeah, look at this, Marty. And he doesn't even do drugs. He's straight edge. He's just fucking psycho is what he is. I still remember uh, that that time. You remember that that weird Cracker Barrel match they had? It was like when they were first starting up. And I love that so much because they referenced it constantly that they were getting the Cracker Barrel endorsement. I know, and then like, and that was only for that one time. <laughs> so, to, oh, to, help, to help for reference, like on the the uh, the Being the Elite show, they kept constantly referencing the Cracker Barrel gear and the merchandise, but then they were just falling out with Cracker Barrel. And they're like, "Fuck it, we're gonna move on." find something else and that's when the chilies thing happened <laughs> and then they started referencing chilies on uh like uh the dark order kept referencing chilies with Brody lee um when he was getting over and he got the tnt title reign and they're like yeah if you win it boss we're gonna get we're gonna get chilies for everybody and then they finally had the payoff when he wins and they go out and get chilies and they're like i'm the meat man that's where the whole meat man and johnny hungy thing picked up because they went and got a buck ton of chilies <laughs> it's so fucking dumb but so funny uh <laughs> what, what i was getting at though they, they had a match where there was a actual cracker barrel and people yes. were trying to use it as a foreign object and i remember darby set it up like on the steps they they put the guy like somehow they were going to sandwich a guy on the steps and the cracker barrel was on him and he did the fucking coffin drop on there but the guy got out of the way or some shit and left the oh. cracker barrel there and hit the mm-hmm. steps. And it made this sound <laughs> that was just like, oh! <laughs> like, you could tell that really hurt for real no matter what. And it was, it was like his soul left his body. <laughs> it was terrible. But, yeah. Instead, Marty just kind of missed a dive and sold it like he really missed a dive. And oh. he got beat. I, I like how Diesel like sold it like he just flopped the body and then like Herb was like, wait a second. And then walked away. Yeah. <laughs> Diesel was like adjusting his sunglasses and shit. Like he was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. that was a, that was the only nitpick thing I had with it was that it's like, well, does he really need to, to throw him back in? Because he's probably just gonna get counted out. But then it's like well no, three is far less than ten. Throw him in now while he like is hurt to shit and he can get a quick pin and that's it. Plus, that makes you know, sense. You know, as his enforcer, as his sure as policy, he would help Sean get the win, the actual pinfall win. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, one, uh, well, not one, the only one, I should say, it pisses off the crowd. Like, yeah. Because oh, yeah. he wrongfully beat him. They knew that he got fucking thrown back in the ring against his will and he got pinned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, my final thoughts is like with Marty, he was kind of doing what he's been doing on Raw, but every time with Sean, like it, 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 I like the storytelling t- a little bit because Sean was getting frustrated in the first half of the match when he got pinned. Uh, and, you know, then they did the second half of the match and Marty was getting frustrated because now he has to pretty much try to win again. Uh, and I, I, I kind of like that a little bit. And then, obviously, when Diesel picked him up and, like, put him in the ring, the cherry on top a little bit. It's a, it's weird, but I get it. Like, yeah. 
it's to piss mm-hmm. off the crowd and to keep the belt on Shawn Michaels to keep on pushing him. So I agree with it. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. What'd you, what'd you give it, Zach? A uh, couple quick notes uh, real sure. fast. There was, uh, like, they're doing this thing where I guess it was like Marty was just out wrestling Sean, but, you know, later on he helped get he got his control back with a lot of holds. Mm-hmm. Doing the thing where he put him in a face lock and he was, like, dropping down and kind of inching himself back to the ropes. And he's doing the shit where he gets the extra leverage on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Why does nobody do that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> it gets heat. It's like it's like a visceral reaction when you see somebody break a rule that you get mad. <laughs> it's like God damn it! Like it doesn't matter how smart you are. I feel like that that's always going to work on you on some level. It's like a human psychology thing. Um, then there was uh, I like this. It's weird. Like, Sean is like his chicken shit heel, but at the same time, he's able to absorb a ton of punishment. Mm-hmm. It's like strange, but somehow you buy it. Uh, like, what was that? Marty, the, the thing before the finish was like, Marty hit the rocker dropper, and then like, Sean was like, he tried to get up and he just fucking fell back down. Yeah, that's what led to the, the, yeah, the whole waffle and whatever. That's what's so funny about it, too, though, right? Like, It's almost like you said that I think it's like Sean is a chicken shit, but he's a chicken shit not just by, like, the role he's playing, but also because it's like, oh, man, if I take this, I'm going to have to sell it like death because he sells so fucking well. So I think it's it's almost like it works with the character even more because it's like, well, I'm going to sell my ass off. So because of that, I'm – it's going to be my role to try to prevent from taking any of these things. Cause when it does happen, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it look like it hurts. Yeah. And then, uh, like that's, that, that's what led to the finish though, is he was stumbling and Marty was like going to super kick him and he's like, fuck. And then I think Sean finally did manage to get up and he like stumbled back into the ropes and got himself tied up in it. Oh then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old tight rope tie up spot, which is another thing nobody really does anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Sean, Marty's like, fuck, and he just starts teeing off on him. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to hit the crossbody. That that led to the finish he missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sean sold his ass off again, once again. Did a bunch of amazing bumps. Like, I, I love – how the fuck does he do that shit where he's, like, able to stumble backwards without seeing where he's going and just fall out of the ring without fucking landing on his head? I think it's just faith. He just puts uh, his hand into God, and he's like, just make sure I don't hit my head. Sean didn't have God back then. He had steroids. I mean, you could argue that there there's a number of times where it things like that didn't work out since he's got the old cockeye now, but that's his own thing. Hey, that was because of Jericho, and he could have fixed it, and he said, nah, fuck it. For some reason. Yeah, I don't, yeah well, take it for what it is, old Sean. He just wanted to be weird looking, I guess. Uh, good match. <laughs> Lots of good sequences. 7.0 out of 10. Fucking Shawn Michaels, the weirdo. <laughs> yeah. He was a good I'm, I'm actually... before, before he got the lazy eye. And then he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm married now. I don't need to impress anybody anymore. Yeah, he, it's it's like he, he just turned into Uncle Sean when that happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I gave this uh, 
seven and a quarter Chaz and Summer Cry Mill, you guys. I enjoyed it. It's a good opener. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's the uh only good match. <laughs> well hey, the it's only, only actual match, yeah, right? The, yeah, the only actual match that was like actually had a finish. Compared I mean, to- I, I rated something higher on it. I I gave I gave an eleven out of ten to uh, Man on a Mission. But we're, we're oh, about shit. to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, yeah. this is in the ring, and then Money Inks there, and they're complaining about how the Steiner brothers cheated them. And IRS Dubs Idol is talking about tax cheats and shit, and <laughs> they start talking. Fucking macho, macho man's like me, Pettingill could take gum money ink, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think DiBiase just starts talking shit about Razor again out of nowhere. Yeah. And then like Razor comes out to confront them, and he calls the he calls them Rich Mang, Rich Mang, and Tax Mang. <laughs> Rich Mang, Tax Mang. <laughs> <laughs> He basically told him, he's like, I don't work for anybody but myself, Chico. And then, like, Ted DiBiase smacks him with, like, a bunch of $100 bills, and he gets pissed. <laughs> like, There's always a price. He fucking pushes him. He, then IRS tries to throw him out of the ring, and then he says, nah, tax man, and he throws him out of the ring instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Razor just rolls out of the ring, and he kind of tosses him, and he's, he's walking away from him, and they're mad. And you know what was really impressive about all that? He did all that shit, and when they zoom in on when he's you know getting ready to go back to the entrance tunnel, he still got his toothpick behind his ear and in his mouth. He did all that shit without losing him. <laughs> yep, lost. And I like how he like walks through the crowd. Like he doesn't even have he don't want the peasant hands on him. Still, even though he's kind of like a tweener right now. This was his baby face turn. I would argue it was right here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's definitely it. And then there, there's a little bit, just a little bit after this, where Ted was like mad, and he's like, "I want the one, two, three kid. I'll, I'll wipe the mat with him, and I'll embarrass that that guy." And that was it. So he, he put out a challenge for one, two, three kid. Mm-hmm. Now, the the debut of Men on a Mission versus Rich <laughs> Myers and Hank Harris. That's right. M I S S A O P. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. I went back and listened to that over and over. I was like, I think he had a stroke. He just started naming random letters so he forgot how to fucking spell. <laughs> that rapping so goddamn funny. He started smelling eggs and he just started spelling words that didn't exist. <laughs> Four triangle red computer. Uh, <laughs> fucking Vince McMahon uh, is excited for rap. He's like, yes. Look at the crowd. That Oscar dude. You ever hear the story about how that came together? No. So, like, when they were doing the WrestleMania at Caesar's Palace or whatever earlier that year, whatever the fuck the hotel they were staying in, Vince was coming out of the elevator. He was, he was in the elevator and he was going somewhere in the hotel. And then Oscar comes in there and he just starts rapping at Vince. <laughs> and then Vince was like, Ha, that's pretty good, pal. You want a job? <laughs> like, that's pretty much what happened. That's that's pretty fucking great. You gotta shoot your shot sometimes, right? Fucking yeah. rap. Yeah. And, like, that. honestly, that's half the gimmick, though, man, on the mission is Oscar rapping to, and being the hype man for Mo and Mabel. 
And man, when the match starts, like I couldn't even get like get their props to Dubs for finding the jobber names because I, I figured out the one guy was was Myers. Oh, Hank Harris. Said, yeah, yeah. The, I, the other dude I never could get his name. Uh, yeah. When Mabel does that fucking leg drop and the guy just fucking dies in oh. spaz. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty great. Yeah. That's <laughs> what a misname if if ever the terms rhinoceros and hip hop hippopotamus could have been used. These oh, were the shit. two these were the two guys. Like Mabel was a hip hop hippopotamus till the day I die now. Purple fucking jumpsuit shit going on. Like fuck, it's great. I love it. I love their look. It's super early '90s. Oscar's doing like super early '90s rap. Uh, I love the whole package, even though it's goofy as shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's goofy, and it's it's definitely so bad it's good. Like it's fine. I like. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping Mabel would bust out the sidewalk slam. He's got a nasty fucking sidewalk slam because just because the size of him. Oh yeah. Is just oh yeah. Whatever. That's the thing is he's a big guy, but he can move too. Like he's a big cat that can that can move. I love the moves that he, he would do or like that leg drop. It's like when Yokozuna do the leg drop. It's it's like the same effect. Mm-hmm. But like oh, yeah. when he would do like a Samoan drop or that sidewalk slam, it was like the ring would like buckle. Like you can visibly see the ring buckle and that dude just got destroyed. Yeah. I'm going to make, I make something canon within getting some color. So it's a fun thing for, for people to listen. I, I'm a huge dog f- lover don't have anything against cats i'm just allergic but grew up with a lot of different types of dogs but we had a lot of pugs and uh the thing about pugs are they're so ugly they're cute so i i i'm a sucker for those types of guilty pleasures of things that are so bad they're good so i'm going to start referencing them as pugs so this was this this match like men on a mission specifically are a pug they are they are a pug faction but that's okay with me because pugs are great I walk it every day. I love it with all my heart. I dig it. I can, I can totally get behind this pug thing. Okay. Pugomatics. Pugomatics. Pugonomics. Pugonomics. We fucking brainstormed that. Shit. This was a shit. This was a squash. And, uh, Yo, this is. I still, I still gave it eleven chances. I don't give a fuck. This is bark life. Bark life. <laughs> The crowd was into it though too. That was the other thing is like they they liked the rapping and they Mabel's a big motherfucker. Everybody big was at a sink, by the way, doing the yeah. the hand movements and stuff. Oh yeah, because they're all fucking white. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> white Most... people. Like... But even like the black people in the crowd were trying to like sync up with the white people, but the white people were so like out of sync, so it all looked like they were robots. Like you know, you like you're playing a game, uh, PS2, like I don't know, SmackDown. And you just see the crowd animating just pictures and shit. <laughs> that, that's how yeah. they looked like as far as with their arms like going back and forth. Yeah, so you're comparing that, but that's because the SmackDown stuff is based off of those those goofy ass crowds. So there you go. <laughs> someone in there was like, someone needs to call Mr. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and have him come and show these white people how to act. Yeah. <laughs> He's properly educated in that. That's right. Um, we got the SummerSlam report with Mean Gene. And he's busting he was, a move. He was busting a movie. He was into the fucking uh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> I miss Mean Gene. That was that was such a great segment to see. I, I'm not even gonna lie, after I watched this, I went and like went down a YouTube rabbit hole and watched all my favorite like Mean Gene 
like scenes where like people were trying to get him to corpse and laugh. Put that and, cigarette uh, out. <laughs> yeah, or the, the when the sign falls. <laughs> like, who put that sign up? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I just love the way he like genuinely reacts to stuff. But he, yeah, what a treasure. Um, he was telling us about the SummerSlam matches: uh, Bret Hart facing Jerry Lawler. That'll be good. Uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. The rest of match. <laughs> And I'm like, what's that? And then he didn't tell us what a rest in peace match was and just kept going. <laughs> and he said something about Jack Tony. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was sitting there trying to think, because I've seen this match before in a vacuum. Um, and I was like, what the fuck about it was like rest in peace? Like I don't I don't recall what the stipulation is. In a vacuum because it sucked. It's it sucked so much it became a vacuum unto itself. <laughs> <laughs> And then they show us a video package with Lex and the Lex Express going around the nation. He's holding babies and kissing fat girls and signing autographs. <laughs> and Batista's going to be in the fucking gym. Think about how he's going to beat his ass. No, I'm sorry. It's one of my favorite Batista promos. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Lex is kissing fat women and suddenly Dave Batista's here. Do you guys remember? Well, he's doing it to John Cena at the time when Batista was going to Hollywood. Is it the give me my spotlight shit? I fucking love that. Do you do you remember Lex? Uh, it was like an indie promotion where he's like trying to put over merch, but the shirt was too small. He was trying to cut a promo like a heel promo, and he was trying to take his shirt off in the middle of the promo, and he was like, "God!" And he, like the shirt got stuck, and he's like, "This shirt's too tight. I can do. Uh, I'm pissed now." And he just walks away. That was the end of the interview. He didn't know how to get out of it. He just, he just realized like he made himself look stupid. That was it. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I feel like he should be. You have he better. Well, exactly. WWE has a thing where like once they're dead, they'll come in. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, Lex should, Lex should go in while he's still fucking alive. While he's still that rolling. Was... Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Do you think? Do you think he he? Oh, there! I'm not even gonna say it now. Can you come out to whip biscuit? Can you come out to rolling? When he goes in? <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. I don't even feel as bad. I was gonna say, do you think he he named his his wheelchair the, the torture rack two point <laughs> Both of those were funny, but for different reasons. <laughs> God damn. Oh. oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. So he's doing all that shit. He's glad handed. And it's playing music. It sounds like something from like a school VHS tape for some kind of instructional video or outdated science video from the 80s. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this being treated like a political campaign? Like that's the way that they're framing it. It's like weird to me. What what was oh wait. The first September 11th attacks? Not September 11th, Jesus. Uh, the first uh, World Trade Center attack. Yeah. yeah, it was 93, right? Yeah, but I don't think it was... I was going to look that up, actually. I don't, re- I don't remember when that one was, actually. And the, Bad American, I guess. The Desert, I desert Storm the just ended, like, in 91, correct? Uh, I think. 
It was February 26, 93. So it had happened. So this is, it would make sense appropriately. They're building on it. Actually, that makes perfect sense as to why they, they would have went the route they, they did um, pushing and, and kind of putting Yokozuna in the, in the, the spotlight he's in. Um, okay. To try to kind of push that, that like pro America us against them type of mentality. Like we're banding together I mean, as racist as that kind of thing comes off or whatever, but um, Vince's again, mind, he's making a boogeyman for everybody to vent at. I mean, much. he's never shot away from it before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. In a different timeline, Muhammad Hassan won the WWE championship. Oh, my God. <laughs> what have fucking happened had they just had like zero fucking hindsight to realize what happened in Great Britain when they had the, the actual actual like little bit with him getting his men to to uh, do all the, the shit to uh, the Undertaker. His Islamic assassins? Yeah, like he had all, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the, he had ISIS basically fucking attack <laughs> Undertaker. It was like the same day that, that uh, uh, fucking terrorists bombed a building in uh, in the UK and killed a bunch of people. A some shit yeah yeah like it was so bad that it caused a in in europe and uk like networks outright just said nope we're done and they just like canceled their agreements with wwe that's that's what basically ended hassan's career they just pulled him immediately and said nope this cost us way too much money like it just sucks terrible like he he just outright retired he didn't wrestle anymore it sucks too because like he had a pretty good look and like the gimmick overall wasn't terrible like it's kind of a cool and justified. Like we're not all bad. Like, but he was still a heel because he was just like, kind of using that justification. But they yeah. just went on the deep end. But that's, yeah, is what it is. But anyway, so we're we're all on the Lex Express. Go USA, USA. He's trying to distract from this gem of the Bastion Booger versus Scott Dupre. Oh, I refuse to talk about it. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this smelly <laughs> fucker. I don't give a fuck. It's awful. I, I kind of want to go in there and just blow out my own ass, and you guys can listen <laughs> to the, the visceral sounds of of me shitting my brains out. And that's exactly my opinion of Bastion Booger. So I have nothing hey, else to say. I'll be I ready like for the next segment. I like that Vince called him a warthog. That was funny. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, Scott Dupre. I, I always have like some kind of fucking comment about the jobbers. I try to. Scott Dupre looks like fucking Bob Backlund's son. Yeah. What the fuck? He looks like he. It looks like Bob Backlund shit him out. Like <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> He's even wearing the same ring gear. He looks like him. What the fuck is that? What, what <laughs> I'm, it, I'm gonna break my rule already. He was like 15 pounds of Bob Backlund shit that did him bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't look like shit. It looked like you put 15 pounds of Bob Ackland shit in a 20-pound bag because he was a little smaller. Yeah, like, it's like a Russian doll, <laughs> right? Like, you start yeah, off, you start off yeah, with Bob Ackland, and then you, like, shed the... You open the, the toy, and it's, like, another person, but it's not Bob Ackland. <laughs> it just really struck me how alike he looked He looked to him. It was, it was strange to me. I was transfixed by it. And then I was transfixed by the Bashy Booger. When he was doing a body block... And he did a leg drop, and he did like a weird power slam, and then the finish, the amazing finish where he did the tea bag maneuver, uh-huh. where he just just fat fuck that is an inordinate amount of shit in a bag, just lands 
his nutsack into his face and his tanal area and his sweaty fat fold in his nether region and got a three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking about that fish. I'm like, that had to be so fucking uncomfortable for that guy. And he probably got like $200. <laughs> God damn. Squash. Squash. But we got a gift out of this because we were told that, uh, Next Raw, we're going to have Bret Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow. So yeah. I'm excited. Fucking rematch. The, yep, the rematch. King of the Ring. And now King, King's Court. Jerry Lawler's holding King's Court with Tiny Tim. I didn't know who the fuck. I'm going to admit something. I didn't know who the fuck this guy was for real. I had no idea. Me either. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if Tiny Tim's the guy that sang some of these songs and spongebob cartoons there's like those random songs that sound a lot like this guy and i couldn't get over that and i didn't research it to see if that has any relation but there's another person that sings songs and plays a ukulele that sounds just like this (laughs) so i don't know if it's the same guy but fuck he's got like as the young kids would say this man is just covered in drip he's got that fucking Mickey Mouse get up is legit. I want that shit. I I was like, that's that's really cool. Even though he's just like this this weird guy with his his false. Oh, this man's been to This man's been to Epstein Island twice. <laughs> I don't know if that's an actual factor. If you're just saying it, I don't believe it. He might have played tiptoe to the tulips since there's some shit going on beyond the tulips that we're not supposed to know about over there. Yeah, he I, might have been the fucking backing track for it. This is another thing where either Jerry the King Lawler like probably brought up the idea to Vince for about t- Tiny Tim, but I also feel like Vince like heard this out the window. He's like, ah, that's good shit. That's such good shit. Vince is such a psychotic fuck that that would be good shit to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what you're going to do? You're going to break his little guitar. And then <laughs> and then he's going to... You're going to cry. Yeah. You're going to cry like he broke your wife in half. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised he didn't have the fucking obese gimp and with wearing fucking sweatshirt material that's been cut up in the, in the outfit that he's in. Fucking skull fuck the guy. But... You mean the Bastion Booger? Yeah, Bast- Yeah, I don't say his name. Uh, it's like yeah. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I don't even show up in my house. This guy, like, I saw him and I was like, he looks so weird. It looks like Tim Burton and Weird Al, like, polymorphed <laughs> together or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> really I, I was like. just going to say, I was just going to say, it's, he's, he looks like a Weird Al on Wish with a ukulele, but yeah, that's even better, Tim Burton. I, I know he's like, then again, I don't know if he's like acting, but the way he fucking talks, like, oh, yes, I'm going to be doing this show. It's crazy. And then, like, he's like, do you really talk like that? Yes, I talk like that. And, like, well, he doesn't say it like that, but uh, he's like, you really sing like that? <laughs> like, I was waiting yeah, for Jerry to King Lawler to be like, what are you, gay? <laughs> I mean, he did, he did stealth he call him. Called him. Yeah, he definitely, yeah. like, was like referencing. He's like, no, I'm married. Huh? And he's like, oh, that's kind of a cover. Were you the one that wore the dress or her? And he fucking, ha, ha, I did like the king laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> then, Puppies. Dairy Queen. Him, like, do you, listen, do you think I'm the Burger King? Because the Burger King thing still pisses him off. And then he's like, no, you're the Dairy Queen. 
and he gets mad. And I, then I thought he was gonna punch him. Like I thought there was gonna be like a, a punch, but instead he just broke his ukulele. If this was Memphis, he would have punched him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, instead he just gets mad, takes his ukulele, shatters it, and then Tiny Tim melodramatically cries. And then Vince is like, "How could he do that? He broke that man's heart." <laughs> <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> to, to be fair, if it was Memphis, he he would have punched him, but then he would they both would have went to Epstein Island after. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Like, you know I had to do it to him. Oh my god. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just imagining him hitting a power driver on a ukulele. I don't know why. <laughs> that may be like I'm gagging in my mind my mind right now of him just saying puppies. God fucking damn it. I fucking hate this. I hate it a lot. I want to die. Uh, right. So Waller says that's what he's going to do to Bret Hart at SummerSlam. He's pointing at the remnants of the ukulele. <laughs> I it was an okay segment. Um, the I, bizarreness of it is what kept it from being like terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think King knew that because Tiny Tim. I don't know. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, one two three kid versus Chris Duffy. Chris Duffy fucked up because he cut his hair. You can... He had like this re- weird shit heel look. Like he was like a school bully, grew up and became a wrestler. Like that's that's what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Now this was a squash. Like Chris Duffy got no offense, right? He got like a headlock and he did like one other move. The but the rest of the time, kid. the kid was was all over his ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the tables are turned. He had a sweet leg drop, squashed. by the way. The leg drops, yeah. I mean, he oh, had yeah. several awesome moves in this match. That fucking shit in the beginning, like when the match started, where he grabbed him in the wrist lock and did the. the it, I don't even know to describe what he did. He just took him down, did like this crazy, like, I don't know what to call it other than like a <laughs> cruiserweight move. <laughs> he hit him with a cruiserweight special. The cruiser, he did a cruiserweight special to him, and it was like, what the fuck? And did leg lariats and some kicks and the. The sweet leg drop thing he does, where he he's got like those real quick leg drops on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to go off of, but besides him getting a lot of uh, airtime, <laughs> like literally in the air uh, when he's hitting those leg drops, and he like made Chris Duffy look like a fucking chump. Uh, it's, it's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, he just out wrestled the guy pretty much totally. And Dunkaroo gear is still there, by the way. Dunkaroos. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. The Dunkaroo kid. The, the important thing to note about this match, though, was like while it was going on, like Ted DiBiase and IRS come out, and you're just like watching them, like they're going to fuck with them. Mm-hmm. And then on the opposite side, through the crowd, Razor comes out, and then it's like, oh shit, he's there to be a deterrent. Right? He's or did he come out just to fuck with them? You don't know. I li- I like how Money Inc is blocking the path and like <laughs> one two three kids like I'm gonna go the other way and then like leaves the other because he can't trust Razor either. He's not gonna go near Razor because last time he wanted to kick his ass. Mm-hmm. So and Heenan called him a coward for fleeing. Uh, and <laughs> and then like the the standoff between the. Uh, DiBiase and uh, Razor Ramon because I think like I, what did Ted DiBiase do? Did he hit him or did he throw something at uh, Razor? He yelled at him and then Razor got pissed and threw his toothpick at him. Oh yeah. And that's when they and started I, taking off their shirts. 
Yeah, that's what happens. When the toothpick gets thrown, you start taking your shit off. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the main event. Um, it, it cuts back to... Now, I, I have to ask this, right? Was Macho Man in front of Vince McMahon misgendering this child? Because I, I thought I saw a ponytail uh, in the back, and they kept on saying, you know, this boy... This boy is wearing a hat and is macho. I mean, boys, young little boys back then used to have ponytails, or like they might even had the mullet with like the little rat tail thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a very popular look. Yeah, but it had like a braid. There was a braid in that ponytail. It, it was New York. I mean, anything goes up there. <laughs> we went two different directions. <laughs> You're like, oh, whatever, hippies. Like, yeah, he's a Padawan. <laughs> All right, whatever. It's anything in between. But I, I like Savage because you can tell he likes kids and shit. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the kid's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Bobby, what was Bobby Heenan doing, by the way? Because he's like, stop it. Put your put your hands down, Bobby. I think he was trying to fuck with him and steal his hat or something. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my thoughts on this, Rob. Um, first match. The first only match, uh, a full complete match, was good. Uh, the squash matches, uh, we got men on a mission. That was cool to see. Good squash. Uh, <laughs> Booger. Yeah, fuck off. I'm not even talking about that. Um, the seg- I hate Booger a lot. I just <laughs> think it's really funny. <laughs> the segment with King's Court was bearable. I think the Tiny Tim was kind of a miss for me. But it was bizarre because Jerry the King Lawler can do anything, in my opinion. You had to watch it. It was like a train wreck thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're building up one, two, three kid to uh, team up with Razor to make him, you know, an actual superstar with Razor. Um, because, you know, he beat Razor. Now he's teaming up with Razor against Money Inc. And we're going to get that. I give it a 6.9 out of 10. I I gave it six and a half chances. Real good. Men on Mission was good. Bastion Booger, ooh. Everything else was was good. At least it was short. (laughs) Uh, Decent show. Good match at the front. Interesting segments. Looking forward to next week. 6.6 out of 10. Yes. So, we're next getting some color. Um, We have... We're going back to the regular WCW and Monday Night Raw thing. So WCW Saturday night is July 24th, 1993. And then Monday Night Raw, which is July 26th, 1993. So remember to watch that. And then we'll talk about it. Sorry, guys. Something's stuck in my throat. It's probably fucking... Boogers. (laughs) Boogers. Anyway. (laughs) Um... But yeah, watch that, and then we'll come back to it. And then we got one more WCW Saturday night, and then we're done with July. July was a quick month because we only had a bunch of Raws and a couple of WCWs. So uh, any final words before we sign off? I don't don't think so. I think it was solid events. Beach Blast lived up to its, its hype for the most part. Indeed. Go wipe so. the go wipe the booger butter off your face. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the booger butt. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, if you want to catch more some getting some color, make sure you look us up on all podcast services. We're we're there. I'm not gonna name them anymore because we're there now. Uh, we're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're the everywhere man. Uh. And we have getting some color coming up on Tuesday where we're going to do Star Trek Insurrection. And then hopefully we'll be doing the Metal Gear podcast soon. And then hopefully we'll be doing Resident Evil, the Nemesis Project. But until next time, everybody, remember to get some color. Peace. Basic Pugonomics. Try to get it.